106.9. Welcome to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Scott from winningfornextyear.com missed us yesterday. He'll join us at 8 a.m. this morning. Obviously, we'll get into that big Indians win from last night. Look ahead at the Browns game as well. We do have Bon Jovi tickets for you this morning and Factory of Terror tickets. going to be a good day. Coming up at 9 o'clock is also New Turd Tuesday, New Machine Gun Kelly, New Garth Brooks, New 6 a.m., all part of that this morning. I'm excited to hear New Garth Brooks. Could be great, right? I skipped ahead of the class. I've heard it. So you know what? Yeah, it could be great. Could be. <laughs> could be great. You know, because that's what uh, that's what everybody wants, right? You just want country music to go back to when it wasn't broke country. Okay. New Garth for you at 9 o'clock. See how that goes. We'll talk to, uh, like I said, Scott from Winning for Next Year. Dot com at 8 o'clock, but I can't wait any longer. It's getting these uh, into this Indians game right now. Okay. I, I stayed up last night and watched the whole game I uh, and loved it. Worth staying up for. Worth Absolutely. Up for. There's times, you know, throughout the regular season, you're like, oh, maybe the win, maybe the lose. I don't care. I'm going to bat. October when, baseball, it's worth it. When you're in the playoffs. It's got to feel it. You got to stay up. I, I, I said that about going to, to, to game one. It's like, dude, October baseball just has a feeling and you want to be a part of it. And so I stayed up. And I was very excited to see what happened because everybody was all, you know, well, once this series goes to Toronto, it changes. Once you go into their building, it changes. Well, and playoffs, a lot of times that is true. Yeah, playoff series shouldn't. Man, at some point I'm going to try to make my point, right? So as you go into their building, it's hard to win the first game on the road. It is. You now have their emotion. You now have their crowd. You now have their hometown feel. And it's tough. Series do normally change. And when Batista went to the ball and hit the wall and fell, I knew the game was over. I knew when the guy was calling out you know, umpires and was talking about circumstances and strike zones and how it's going to be different when they I knew when he screwed up early. In early in the game, I was like, We're do we won? It, we won. Not only did we win this game, but this series is probably over at that point. Momentum changes. Once you uh, once you pick up a victory on somebody else's home floor, that's obviously going to to change the entire dynamic yes. of the series. And you're, you're right with Batista hitting the wall. There's there was a feeling of man, things just cannot stop going the Indians' way. I mean, they, before before Bauer even stepped out on the mound, you had a feeling of confidence right. of of things are going the Indians' way. And obviously, things can change, but that that was a great sign early. On. In the game, they have the Blue Jays have had a lot of Cleveland type things happen to them. It seems like they have what would normally considered to be like the Indians' luck, the Cleveland luck. Now, I want to touch on Bauer as he went out there, he tried to pitch, couldn't do it. His finger opens up and he's bleeding all over the mound. I understand why Major League Baseball says you got to get him out of there, of course. I totally understand that. Okay, now I hate this kid, but I got to give him a little bit of credit. Aaron Goldhammer had tweeted this out last night, and I hate this kid. But he was right about this. He said, imagine if Kyrie misses the jump shot in Game 7. Imagine how differently you feel about Trevor Bauer right now. And that was true. It was like all of a sudden, when one of your teams wins a championship, it kind of buys you this little bit of like, well, we're not cursed. We just won one. If we're, we're you know, everything's going to be okay. Oh, that feeling of, of we can do it has to, uh, you know, at least uh, given a, a real sense of security to Northeast Ohio sports fans that like this is possible. It's okay. You, ha- you, you still have, because let's be real. I mean, f- considering the injuries that have already happened to the Indians pitching rotation, right. with Bauer going out, yeah. I mean, that really could have been. 
been a death kiss. Oh, that really no. could have been that really could have been the beginning of the end. And and obviously last night, I, I can't believe they didn't start that game with something on his finger. I don't know why they thought just new skin was going to be enough. Like that, that, you know, putting that 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 whatever it is. And I can't believe they didn't put a bandage around his finger to start that game. Yeah, because it was with. just stitched, right? And they right. just opened up. Well, and then they put that. It's it's called new skin. It's yeah. like I, I I don't even know how to describe it, but it's like that clear like and it's, it's like a gel, right? Yeah, and it's supposed to like hold your finger together. It's hold like rubber your, cement for skin, right? And like hold hold your skin together there. I can't believe why didn't they at least put like some gauze on it and then wrap it? I mean, for an object on the although so is new skin. Right? He was and he was talking about how like dude, I don't use my pinky that much in any of my pitches in the primary pitches. He's usually he's usually throwing two finger fastball. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, like he's that. gonna know more about pitching than I do. So. You know, I, I they showed before the game they showed him and it was early on in the season, but he went through all like forty of his pitches and I think his pinky was only on the ball for a small percentage of it. Okay. So if they would have just wrapped the thing up and at least held it together instead of looking like a like a hot dog in a microwave, you know, at least he would have had an opportunity there. I can't believe they let him, you know, go out there without anything on. Yeah, I wonder what the call was there. I wonder what the I I I I'm, I'm not sure why they wouldn't. I'm wondering if there's a rule in baseball that we don't know. I you know, I don't know. One of the other things I saw about Bauer and, you know, this stuff kind of annoys me sometimes because I'm like, you know what, if if race isn't already brought into it, why do we, like, always, like, bring it back up and mention it again? Okay. But somebody had this to say, and I was like, okay, well, here we go. We got, you know, we got to bring race into everything. But it is true what he said, which is, imagine if J.R. Smith crashed his hoverboard and missed game three. Imagine that. Imagine the reaction people would have. The only thing I'll say about that is is a hoverboard is a bit more dangerous. Like I can look at a hoverboard and say, no, pro athlete, you should not be on that. We're drone- much like a motorcycle. A lot of times right. they won't let these guys ride bikes and stuff like that. We're drone. I wouldn't have said no. You know what I mean? Like if if you would ask me before, okay. like, hey, am I allowed to play with my drone? Yeah, sure, dude. It's a drone. Whatever. I, it's your day you, off. Go fly you, the thing around. Right. It's better than having you out there in the club. Better than having you. You know. But with a hoverboard, I know there's a potential of you falling off. Now, granted, anything can happen to anybody. Obviously, it did happen to Trevor right. Bauer, yeah. you know, but that's like, I don't know, a step up from playing video games, really, even probably more comparable to that than riding around. Closer to it than riding on a hoverboard. On a hoverboard. That's like being on a skateboard to me where it's like, no, that's obviously dangerous, dude. That's obviously something okay. you can twist an All ankle right, I like on. that. Um, I like that because I was going to be, you know, at first I was like, you know what? They're kind of right about this. Like, because at first I didn't really, I was like, all right, well, Bauer, you screwed up. All right. Everybody screws up from time to time. But if it, it, I was like, man, I probably would have felt differently if this was like, um, especially if it was on the football field. No, I certainly think that there's a, uh, the the clubhouse and I mean, maybe not the players on the team, but I would say management ownership uh, have to be a little bit frustrated with him. I mean, they have to be, you know, you, 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 you made this. Kluber's just got to be sitting there going, dude, what are you kidding me? What, what are you kidding hell? me? You made you made this decision to you know be a drone guy and and do this. You had to have at least some foresight in him more than you or I or like Terry Francona because we don't play with drones. I don't know right. what could happen there, but you know that you know you've got your little drone and you've got the the, the things that make it fly the propellers or yeah. whatever. You know that could chop your finger off. So I, I guess there is a little bit of. I like, mean, I have a thirty dollar drone. Right. My guess is Trevor Bauer's got a pretty nice drone. Right. Right. Probably worth some money. I got a thirty dollar drone that I bought off of eBay and. 
I'm telling you, when those propellers are spinning, it hurts. Like if you if you go to grab it and you miss like where you're supposed to touch it at, and you hit one of those things, or you hit the remote by accident, it hurts. And then mine's thirty bucks. So like if he had a nice one with like metal blades on it, it I mean it, it could do serious damage to you. Um, but again, you're right. It's not a motorcycle. Right. It's not you know what I mean. You're not doing two hundred miles per hour in a car. It's not like one of those type of things. But I thought it was an interesting point. But like I said, I kind of hate when people bring race into things where it didn't necessarily need to be. Where with um with while well, we're talking about Trevor Bauer and he mentioned yesterday or the day before in an interview the reason that he got into drones is because he's such a big Star Wars fan. I don't know if you saw this interview. I didn't know. I didn't see he that. Talks about Star Wars and is like, hey, you know, I'm a huge fan of all the movies. I can't wait for Rogue One to come out. Blah 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 blah. And somebody asks him, hey, what's your favorite Star Wars movie? Oh no. And he says, Phantom Menace. The well, one how with, old is Trevor The Bauer? one with Darth Maul. I mean, but if you're a Star Wars enthusiast, I mean, you, uh, you, you've come out against those movies numerous times. Yeah, they're terrible. Shouting about them. They're terrible. They're awful. Those prequels are terrible. Every real Star Wars fan knows that. Yeah, I'm calling <laughs> Trevor Bauer out. Yeah I'm, calling, yeah, I'm calling Drone Boy out. I don't know how old he is, but if he grew up and was young and went and saw The Phantom, Phantom Menace and that's the Star Wars movie that pulled him into the franchise, then yeah, I could get it. 25, I'm going to assume. Somewhere in that general Okay, city, yeah. Right? So yeah, maybe that's about right then, right. right? So yeah, so yeah, I'll make room for that. You find a guy my age to tell you The Phantom Menace is the best Star Wars movie, I'll find you a guy who's a window licker. <laughs> that's what I, that, I'll happen here. According to Twitter... Major League Baseball rules are you're not even allowed to have a bandage on the finger. Oh, they have a bandage yeah. on the finger? Yeah. I, I, For an object on the ball, I bet. is I, I bet that's I'm, I bet I'm in the ballpark of what that is. Excuse the pun. I, uh, I I find that hard to believe because somewhere along the line, inevitably as a pitcher, you're going to ding your hands your up. Finger, right? Yeah, I mean, and you're not allowed to have a Band-Aid on your finger. You're not allowed to have anything on your finger. Yeah, I don't know what the... Uh, uh, we'll, we'll have to look... We'll have to talk to Scott about that. I'm sure he probably knows what the rule is. Kind, so. kind of surprised about that, but dude, it was gnarly when that thing was just dripping blood all over his shoes and... I mean, that was that was pretty badass there. I'll tell you another thing I noticed about the game last night, going back to the Indians here, where Terry Francona, in the dugout, flicks off the TBS cam. Yeah, yeah. Now, I will admit that I watch much less baseball than I do basketball or football. I just watch less baseball. So I don't know how Major League Baseball handles this stuff, but what I thought yesterday was, imagine if Bill Belichick just flipped off the CBS sports camera. Imagine that. Dude, the world would stop spinning. It's weird the different leagues and their lines that they have. Um, you know, Bill Belichick, while, you know, he's 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 not gonna flick off the camera, he's gonna be crappy to reporters, he's gonna be short with reporters. Right. You know what I mean? Where in in baseball, it, I don't know, it's just a weird line that they they all have of like you can and cannot do this. It just seems this strange is- because baseball's like history is very stodgy. And very like you know old school, and it's by the rules and the unspoken rules of baseball and all this stuff. That that's the league where you can flick off a national television camera and like nobody cares. And like, where does that come into play? Like, I mean, kind of. I don't want to say kind of a classless move by Terry Francona, but kind of a classless move, right? And I mean, it's one of those things that your fan base loves it, but the rest of the league looks at it as immature. So as a manager, you probably shouldn't do who, it. Who are you flicking off by doing that? Like, who who's that fu? Breaking the fourth wall to. there, like who are you pointing it at? Yeah, because obviously you're doing it. You're not just. I, I guess people who are looking to defend it are going to say 
the camera guy himself as a, like, dude, get out of here right now. But that's that guy's job. Right. That's that guy's job. That's like the camera guy seeing Francona make a, a terrible call in the middle of the game, putting the camera down and go, dude, you're a bum. You're a bum. And I mean, let's, right? be, let's be real here. I don't think that the camera guy, I mean, let's be real about how good cameras are. Is I don't think the camera guy necessarily was in the dugout. These days, probably, he, you could be in right field and get right, that close. And so. get that shot on him. So I don't understand why, why Terry Francona felt it necessary to flick off the camera. It's not like he was flicking off Blue Jays fans. I saw Trevor Bauer last night was going 3-0 because right. after everybody booed him, he was going 3-0. You know, yeah. He was going, we're up three on you, and I understand that. Sure, yeah. You know, but it, 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 that's it taunt. Who, who are you flicking off? I don't understand who that FU is towards. Okay, now going back to Bauer here. Now I'm hearing this. He built his drone from scratch on a 3D printer. Apparently he's a mechanical engineer major. I didn't know that. Nerd. Okay, I didn't know that. I didn't know all that about Trevor Bauer. Thanks for that information. Dude, I, I, when I see Trevor Bauer, I kind of look at him and I'm like, dude, I bet you in high school that kid was a nerd. There's oh, just yeah, about in the him. locker you go. If you, if you didn't have a fastball, in the locker right, you go. Right, right, right. But I can't believe, obviously, somebody who knew he was going to be a professional pitcher, I bet you pretty early on in life, in his high school days, he probably had that mindset. Sure. I can't believe he decided, ah, I'm still going to go mechanical engineering. That, that really shows it's a lot tough. about who he is. Yeah, you know? who you are as a person. You're right, because there's an easier road than that. Much easier sure. road when you got a fastball. Much Can I just get road. a communications degree? Can right, I just, right. You know. So, uh, you know, I, I want to go back to Bauer here as he has to be yanked from the game. It's, you know, the call's made by baseball. He's out, right? Okay. Now, I tweeted this last night, and I've heard a couple of different takes on it since my tweet. But I just simply said, and I wasn't looking to bash anybody. I was just drawing attention to it because I just don't remember seeing this. I mean, they had a standing ovation for an injury where the guy came out of the game. He, he's forced out. He didn't bring himself out of the game. He was forced out of the game. They, they made him stop playing. And there was a standing ovation for that. And I thought it to be strange. Now, like I said, I've, I've heard a couple of different takes since I tweeted that out. And one of the takes I heard, and I have to accredit it to Mike Trevisano, said, I don't understand what everybody's so upset about. They're they're cheering a non-baseball self-inflicted injury. It's not like he got hit in the head by a by a pitch hit back at him. Right. Wasn't hurt on the field. Right. This is his stupidity coming home to roost. And he said, "Do you really think we don't stand up and clap at Progressive Field over a similar issue?" And then I thought to myself, I'm like, wow, I wish I could go back and delete my tweet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I was like, that's, I mean, he's sort of making sense, yeah, right? Yeah, because it's not like technically an injury. I mean, it is. Obviously, he's going off the field because he's hurt or because he's not able to continue going. But you're right. that It's not It's not the same thing as like being hit by a ball or, or, or pulling a hamstring off, off the mound or something like that where he's not going down in the game. Uh, still kind of classless, though. I mean, somebody's leaving the field of play because they're not able to continue. I, I, I don't know if cheering is necessarily the right thing to do there. Yeah, it still didn't look good. It's still right. not a good look. Right. They, I, I, apparently, they asked Tito after the game about the finger, and he said he had no idea he did it. Really? He looks right into the camera, extends the middle finger, and scratches underneath his eye the way everybody who's ever flicked off anybody, whether being coy about it, has ever done it. He does it the exact way everybody that does that does it. But let's be real. Like we said, we don't necessarily know that, he, that the it. camera guy was in the... If, if the camera guy wasn't in the, the dugout, he might not have necessarily known the camera was even on him and much like remember when, I'll make room for it but I don't buy it remember when LeBron uh, we saw everyone saw LeBron's penis during that playoff game and everyone's like oh I can't believe you did that it's where like, he just dude, pulled his shorts forward right, it's like you've got cameras on you the entire time that you're out there eventually they're going to catch you in a moment like okay, that tucking your jersey or whatever and like adjusting your uniform I think that there's more room for this like 
I mean, mm. go back and look at the still shot. Yeah. He, I mean, his index finger is pulled down a little to to highlight the middle finger. He knew what he was doing. He knew what he was doing. And and I'm look, I'm okay with it. I don't have kids, so I don't have this whole. Oh my God, what a dude! Like this this thing that like this guy that my kids look up to is like awful. I don't have that, so I don't really care either way. It's just for me, it's like again, imagine if Bill Belichick would have done that on national TV, dude. The world would come to an end. <laughs> I mean, dude, the NFL would fi- dude the fine would already be listed. It would be it would be an astronomical amount of money, and it'd be over. I, I just I, I know who knows. Maybe by later today, by the end of the series, who knows? We may hear about a fine for Franco. Now, I don't care. I'm not calling for it. I'm just saying. I thought it to be a little weird. And like I said, we all don't mind because it's like our manager. But if you were watching this ALCS and the Indians weren't in it, and that was somebody else's manager, you'd have a big issue with that. You'd be tweeting about it nonstop. I know this because I follow you all, and you all tweet about this kind of stuff when it's somebody else's team. I just thought it was a little bit interesting. We will talk to Scott uh, from WaitingForNextYear.com a little bit more about this. We'll be right back with more Stansbury Show. Hang on. On Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Coming up at 9 o'clock is New Tour Tuesday, New Machine Gun Kelly, New Garth Brooks, and New 6 a.m. We almost have a local submission for New Tour Tuesday. Almost. I'll give you the info on that at 9 o'clock as well. Spoiler. I'm going to bitch about millennials a little bit. Spoiler. 8.30, we'll pass out a pair of tickets for Bon Jovi playing the queue March 19th. Those tickets do not even go on sale until the 22nd. You can win them before you can buy them right here. Also at 8, we'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com about that Indians game last night. Look ahead at game four and maybe talk a little Browns. Maybe. Maybe if we have to. Couple of cops in California lucky as a guy suited up with body armor pointed an assault rifle at two cops in California. This was yesterday in a Starbucks, outside of it rather, only to have uh, his gun malfunction and then he fled and then was shot by cops. Uh, and uh, he lived. He's going to be arraigned for this, but luckily his uh, gun had malfunctioned, never fired on cops. But dude, suited up in body armor, assault rifle, trying to kill two cops outside of a Starbucks. Strange. I mean, I, don't, I guess there's a Starbucks on every corner, so sure. you can't necessarily be Sooner like, or later, crime's going to happen, Adam. Sure. Right, but it's just like, man, if you would have told me, like, hey, pick a business you think this happened in front of, I would not right. have picked Starbucks there. They say this, from security cameras, they went back and looked that uh, apparently he had driven past the Starbucks uh, like uh, like six, seven times. Is like just circling it, kind of like planning it. Now, how did the cops come onto this? Was it, did he pick this because police were already there? Or was this, I mean, did they go into, like, obviously, maybe people called and said, hey, there's a guy with a gun walking around outside? Or, or? Video from the, the security camera showed him walking up to the coffee shop, yeah. walking up to the Starbucks, yeah. and then minutes later, or uh, seconds later, spring away from it with at least one officer chasing him. Like, he had went to go pull the gun out. Like, they were outside of the store. Okay. Is, is the way I'm taking it. Okay. And from about 100 feet away, they shot him. But he did live. And uh, the police captain says they're obviously going to arraign him. So, just, man, it's a little freaky. Two cops pretty lucky there. Yeah, no doubt, man. A little no lucky doubt. there. A little lucky there. It's a tough gig, man. Not a gig I would want anything to no. do with. No, no, no. That's uh, that's that's for stronger dudes than me and women. Sorry. So I have another story here, and I'm suspicious that it's not on the up and up. And I'm interested to see wh- how, what you what you think. Okay. All right, because you never know what to believe when you read things on the internet. Okay. But apparently, a guy in England is going to jail and court, or he's, he's going to be arraigned in court for 
this is loosely related to domestic violence as he smashed his girlfriend's vibrator. Apparently, he ran into the house. His girlfriend's 34. He ran back into her house about a month after they uh, split up and took her glass vibrator and tore it to pieces, destroyed it, and her sunglasses, and he told the newspaper that he was fed up with her. Even though they broke up, he said, she moved another guy in immediately after we broke up, and she loved that vibrator that I bought her more than she loved me, so I had to destroy it. Now, again, I'm suspicious that that this is a fake story. Well, why do you feel this is out of the realm of possibilities? No, it's totally possible. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly think this is probably a, an issue that, you know, other people have faced where um, guys feel like they're being slighted and whether this was, hey, we broke up or we're still together, but we don't have enough sex. It's like, a, you know, when a, when, a, when a woman, when her man's just masturbating, masturbating, masturbating to internet porn, it's like, well, dude, you, you don't want to have sex Sooner with me. Sooner or later, you better have sex with me. Right, and, and I'm here I am, sexually unfulfilled. Filled section. I haven't, you know, haven't haven't had myself taken care of in a while, and you're using this vibrator all the time. You're out there, you know, with the, with 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 that. I can understand, you know, how this happened. Says he went into the house, saw the sunglasses, smashed them. And the next thing you know, he saw the dildo. It's one of those bullets. He said, "I bought it. It cost me thirty bucks. She loved that thing more than me. I had to smash it." Yeah, I could totally see this happening. And let's be real about how insecure guys are, especially after a breakup, dude. You, oh yeah, you've got that. You've got that heartbreak all over you, and you start making terrible decisions and start blaming things on vibrators. I could totally see this happening. We talk about it all the time, where guys would do initially when they break up with like their wives or their girlfriends, or you get divorced, or you break up, or whatever. Immediately, the, like the guy thinks his life's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. Girl thinks she's going to die, mm-hmm. and then wait thirty days, right? <laughs> and they switch, and then they switch. She's out there, lost ten pounds, new shoes. Looks amazing. All your friends can't wait to bang her. Meanwhile, dude, you would have, you couldn't get laid with a fistful of hundreds at a whorehouse, and it's just the way it is. And sometimes that works that way. You're right, and guys go nuts. I uh, I think there's plenty of guys out there who have at some point or another maybe felt emasculated by by their 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 partner's sex toy. I mean, she's got she's got some giant ten inch, you know, just vibrating, quivering black, you know, and you're just Jeez. like, dude, that is not. Chase, it's nowhere near me. Let's not go with all my fears. You know what I mean? Let's not go with all. And of them. she's saying like, oh, let's go get a bigger one, and you're like, this isn't even close. To, you know, my penis isn't even close to that. Yeah, I mean, I've been outsourced from jobs before, See? so like, I, <laughs> so I know what to look for. The newer, younger equipment's normally that that's to be that's to be feared there. But I, you know, I just, you know, it's from like one of these, the sun or whatever from over by the UK. So like, I never know if what I'm reading is real or not. You know what I mean? From the next thing I know, they'll tell me, oh, well, Justin Bieber does have a vagina. So that might, that might be a true story too. I don't know. I'm very interested in this Amy Schumer story. Have you heard about this? Mm-hmm. All right. Amy Schumer, like her fans are upset with her and I can't figure this out. As a guy who's been very, very critical of Amy Schumer, I can't believe what people are pissed at her now for. We'll tell you what that's going on with that next on the Sandsbury. Six, nine. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Coming up at 9 o'clock, new tour Tuesday, new Machine Gun Kelly, new Garth Brooks, new 6 a.m. Also at 8, we'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. Interested to get his take on the game last night. Look ahead at game four. And yeah, probably should talk to him about the Browns. Dude, I can't believe Cavalier season starts in like a week, bro. Yeah, that's right like around the corner. Week. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. I'll tell you something else I want to talk to Scott about, and that's the fact that people call the NFL the No Fun League. Mm-hmm. And if you go to WRQK.com in the Sands Ratio section, there's a video from a Chinese arena football league. 
where they are pushing their players to go the opposite way and want them celebrating as much as humanly possible, taking the approach that it's entertainment and people should be entertained not only by play on the field, but by the celebrations of the players there. So much downtime in football. Like, you know, you have 30 seconds of action, and then it's like four minutes before right. the ball gets before snapped it. again. <laughs> you go to a dance, guys. Get out there and do something funny. Yeah, if you keep it on the sideline, it doesn't slow up play and all that kind of right. stuff. I'm all right with it. Right. I'm now, right it. there's a line somewhere. I understand why the NFL won't let guys throat slash. Like, I get that. Yeah. The inherent nature of violence like okay. that. I get that. I okay. understand that. But if you want to flex, and, you know, one of the arguments I've heard for celebrating and this was Nick Wright from Fox Sports who said this. He said, you know, guys work their ass off. Defensive players work their ass off all year. And a sack specialist might get six a year. Six times that this guy works all year to do this for. Right. He might get to do his thing that he that he's paid right. six times. And you expect emotion not to come out after that. And when it was put very simply like that to me, I was like, oh, oh, I get it. Oh, I kind of get it now. Now, I understand, like, ripping the helmet off like Odell Beckham Jr. did on Sunday. Dude, you can't cause penalties for your team. Can't cause, you know, you know delays of games and th- things like that. That I get. But, you know, on the sideline or whatever, what these guys want to do, I, you know, I, as long as it, I understand why the NFL wants to stay away from sexual nature, and I understand why they want to stay away from the throat slash. Both those things make a right. ton of sense to me. I can live with that. But you can check out this video, football players getting to celebrate and note flags. It's pretty awesome. Up uh, online right now at WRQK. Maybe they can pull a Terry Francona and just start flipping everybody off. Double middle fingers all over yeah, the Yeah, by place. the way, during the break, I went back and I looked at that photo again. You guys are nuts. He knows exactly what he's doing. I Googled Terry Francona middle finger, and there was four different instances of him flipping off the camera and then I started googling other managers middle finger like Joe Madden and all, yeah. like just different guys Whoever. and right. I couldn't find anybody else with photo evidence I there. you know you know people were telling me during the break you know Tito's not that guy really He's been kind of controversial through his career, like his styles and this that. I love him. I, I I made the argument the other day that he's probably the best coach slash manager that Cleveland sports has. I put him over Ty Lue. I would absolutely. I would looking at looking at things right now and where they stand. The Indians. It's hard not to put him as as the guy who's getting the most out of his team, which is amazing to say, considering that the Cavaliers have already won, won a championship. championship. Right. It really is. So I love Tito. It's hard, it's hard to believe, but he's flicking off the camera on purpose. He is. Yeah. I I just you, you'll never knock me off that ever. So I want to talk about this Amy Schumer story because okay. I just don't get it. It, it, it. This brings Donald Trump into it, and that's why I want to talk about it. Okay. Is that people in Florida of all places? are pissed at Amy Schumer. Apparently, she went out on stage (coughs) and she called Donald Trump, let me see here, an orange sexual assaulting fake college starting monster. Okay. And she goes on to say, you know what I love? A famous guy that will just take me furniture shopping and just straight up grab me by the... Okay. You know? And then she invited a fan up on stage to talk about why he was supporting Donald Trump. At this point, apparently people boo... And close to 200 people walked out of the venue. I don't get it. And now, now, granted, I don't know how many people were in that venue. Right. If it was the Q. 1,500. Right. I don't know what size room she was playing. Right. But 200 people out of any room is it's a noticeable. It's a significant amount. If 200 people just stood up from an Indians game and walked out and you were watching on TV, you would notice that. If they walked out of one section, you would notice it. So... Then people take to Twitter, where uh, where all bitter people get to go because let's let's admit it. I mean, your opinions need to be validated. Of course they do. Look at you. Look how special you are. Of course your opinions need to be validated. So they go to Twitter, 
And Louisa had this to say, hey, Amy Schumer, leave the political stuff out of your comedy shows. We came to laugh, not talk politics. We can turn on CNN and NBC for that. Now, I know some of you just heard that tweet and went, what's wrong with that? She's right. No, she isn't. No, she isn't. Did you not think? Now, look, I've been very critical of Amy Schumer, but people seem to think she's a world-class pundit, comedian. Did you really think a comedian wasn't going to talk about current affairs? That's what we have always asked and begged out of our comedians. Isn't this what people are always telling me why they're sad George Carlin's dead? Right? It's because he he, he sat there and spoon-fed you the honesty and spoon-fed you the, the real talk. He kept it. George Carlin kept it 100. That's what you loved about him, right? 100. So why are we mad at Amy Schumer? Again, coming from a guy who's been critical of her. I think her movie sucked. I think her comedy's just okay. I've hit my saturation point with her. But I expect comedians to tackle the subject of the day. Yeah, I mean, current topics are, are that stand-up 101. Dude, did did you, have you heard about this? Have right. you heard about this? Yeah. When did we get so watered down that we that we lost sight of? Dude, comedy was the one place where you did go for this kind of stuff because they were they're the one people that weren't supposed to be judged by this. Oh my God, is that appropriate meter? Because you're paying them to go see them talk to you. Maybe the complaints weren't articulated well enough in the sense of. It wasn't complaining about her talking about politics, but it's like, don't talk about politics. Be funny about politics. And if she's up there just spouting like, oh, okay. let me tell you about the Fed and let me tell you about okay. that. But that's not what they're. That's not that's what not this what, was. That's not what Louisa said. Louisa right. said, leave, you know, the political stuff out of your comedy. That's a different argument. You're right, right about that. Right. If you didn't think the joke was funny, but it were OK with the political commentary. That's a different argument. I agree with you. I mean, how many times is as people who are behind a microphone, is it like, well, dude, thank God for Trump because there's funny stuff to come out of there. As comedians, it's like comedians want Donald Trump to be president because I, then you get four years of jokes. I asked Jim Florentine, what was that, just on Friday? Right. As he was sitting right here next to us, I said to him, I was like, who, do you, who would you rather see? He's like, well, for my career, give me Donald Trump. Of course, you're a comedian. I don't understand. When did we get so fragile? Now, it's also a little alarming that there were 200 people that felt like they wanted to defend Donald Trump that are in the Amy Schumer camp enough to buy tickets. And that's what I was going to say is you buying tickets know at least somewhat who the comedian is, right? I mean, you at least have an idea of who this comedian is and, and, and what her jokes are normally about. Right. If you turn on Samantha B every night and you get upset because she's anti-Donald Trump, then you're an idiot. Can't believe it. Oh, my God. John Stewart. He's out there making fun of Donald Trump. Stephen Colbert. Who would ever guess that? What I, I, now? If if you were at if you were at a a, a Tim the Toolman <laughs> Taylor or a Tim Allen concert or a Jeff Foxworthy right. or Larry the Cable Guy, and he went on a thirty minute rant against Trump, then maybe. But like these are these are comedians that are up there giving their opinions on the world. Again, I'm reading from Twitter now that George came at political subjects with intelligence. How do you know Amy Schumer didn't? Again, I'm very critical of Amy Schumer, but I don't know what she said. And for all I know, she was wildly funny the other night. Now, we have a little bit of what she she said. And I'm telling you right now, honestly, I think the quote of, you know what I love? A famous guy that will just take me furniture shopping and straight up grab me by my... Is kind of funny. And I bet in her tone was very funny. And again, I'm not wild about her. But I don't know when we got so soft that... We walk out of stuff now because we disagree with what we're hearing. That makes you a sissy. Just throughout history, comedy and politics have been hand in hand. A collision. Hand and, in of, hand. And, yes, it's like one of those things. They go together even though they don't. 
and but we've we've come to expect. It, I I don't get this. I really don't. Did you not think that a female comedian who's been out there talking about re- repairing the the gap in gender pay and all of these things that Amy? I mean, dude, if you went, if you paid money to go see Amy Schumer, you obviously have a little history on her. You know what she's been about. She's been about body shaming. She's been about the the, the pay gap in, in gender. She's been about these things. Did you not think she was in the Hillary Clinton camp? And even if you were just blindly walking into an open mic at the funny stop and had no idea who you were dealing with, you're walking into a comedy show. It's all fair game. I, I, I really surprised the people that 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 got butt hurt over this. I don't get it. And and these are normally the people who are oh stop being so politically AC, correct. Right. Stop being. What are you boy a sissy? Turn the station if you don't like it. And it's like, dude, we've just gotten soft. We have. Wow. We've gotten soft. We're bitch made, dude. America's wow. bitch made these days, dude. We're wow. bitch made. We just are because that's what we're told we're supposed to be. Because anything else is you're ruffling feathers. But it's sad. Can't make fun of politics. What? Can't make fun of the presidential election from what? a stage as a comedian. What? You what, what do you what would you rather have her up there doing? Talking about airline food? Have you heard? What do you mean? I, I just I don't understand. So what's the deal with cancer? I have cancer! Jeez. And again, you don't randomly. Like, I understand why people bitch at radio shows and stuff, because you can randomly come across us. You can just like hit the seek button on your radio, come across us. I say something wildly offensive. Oh, my God, the Stansbury show is the worst, right? I understand that. But you don't randomly take $50 out of your pocket for a wow. ticket, walk into a venue for somebody that you don't know. That dude, This was a planned night out. Now, I will make room that maybe your wife dragged you to it. Okay, I'll make room for that. But your 200 people walked out because they can't handle criticism of Donald Trump? I just, I don't know what's happening to us. We're getting soft, man. Hashtag bitch made. I'm getting ready to go to a haunted house this weekend, Phantom. Yeah. Friday night, I'm touring it with listeners. It's a station event. Sounds good. Luckily for me, somebody's giving me a roadmap of what not to do while attending haunted houses. We'll get into that story next on the Stansbury Show. 6 9 Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Coming up at 9 o'clock is New Turt Tuesday, New Machine Gun Kelly, New Garth Brooks, New 6 a.m., and we almost have a local submission. Close but no cigar? Nah. Uh. We almost have one. I'll give you that story. 9 o'clock as well. 8.30, we'll get you hooked up with those Bon Jovi tickets. They're playing the queue March 19th. Tickets go on sale on the 22nd. Win them before you can buy them. Touch at the touchdowns. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like it. I gotta be honest with you, man. Kind of yeah. want to go see the Jovi. Want to do it. We talked about it yesterday, man. Two hours of hits. I mean, you're, you're going to be singing along with everything. Every song. And I don't care what anybody says. Wanted Dead or Alive is still one of the greatest songs ever written. And they're all such great arena rock sing-along like, they songs. Are. I mean, that's, that's, what that's, 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 that's what you're there for. Yeah. I, I, I think if you're uh, too cool for Bon Jovi, probably too cool for the room, right? You're just too cool for everyone. Too cool for school. You're lying. Uh, dude, Bon Jovi kind of sucks, dude. Kind of a homo. I don't even like Bon Jovi. You're li- yeah. At that point, I think what? you're lying. You're lying. Um, but- or the other way, how about this? I love Bon Jovi, but Nickelback's the worst band ever. <laughs> or Or that one. Or that one that's really funny. We'll also talk to Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com. 8 o'clock. All right. So I'm heading out to the Haunted Schoolhouse and Laboratory on Friday night. 
Uh, Kim Lewis is our grand prize winner. She's touring uh, the uh, uh, the Haunt School House and Laboratory with me. I believe she gets to bring nine people with her. Jeez, congratulations, yeah. Kim. I hope you have nine friends. Yeah. Dude, I would be like, oh, I need some friends first. But, dude, that's awesome for her. I yeah, dude, if I had to find nine people, it would look like the movie I Love You, man. Like, I'd just be <laughs> like, I don't know, man. I got to go to friendfinder.com. I don't know what to do. So... This is like a station-sanctioned thing, right? Yeah. And so, you know, I'm going there Friday night. And I, I'll be honest. Everybody kind of knows Halloween's not really my uh, holiday. I'm not the biggest, like, haunted house guy. I don't... I, as a matter of fact, last year, I wasn't even sure dudes my age were allowed to go. Well, you get into a weird territory when you're a dude your age and you're at a haunted house by yourself. It's like going to the zoo by yourself at 40. You just probably shouldn't be there alone. You end up on yeah. some kind of a list doing that. You better hope you don't have any holes in those pockets. Yeah, exactly. Very much so. Exactly. So, but it's cool. I'll go. I totally understand it. And this story broke a little bit yesterday. And I got to be careful here because he works for our company. Okay. He's also a friend of the program. We've had him on the show. And I consider him to be a friend in the business. I mean, I'm not going to go overboard and say, oh, yeah, he and I are super tight. But Bill Squire is a guy I know. I like and I've it. known for a long, long time. I like radio dudes. Oh, yeah, good friend. Good friend. Right. And it's like, yeah, mm. as much as... as much Until as, a like, job comes open. Right. As much as a-holes <laughs> like us are good friends right. with each other, sure, we know each other by, by name. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I know his name. Yeah, good friend. But Bill's been on the show a couple of times. Yep. He's a funny dude. And I've known him forever since before his days at MMS and that whole thing. And this is HitClevelandScene.com is where uh, most people have seen this. But Bill Squire, local comedian, co-host of the Alan Cox Show and WMMS, was arrested in Mansfield for disorderly conduct and resisting arrest. It happened at the Ohio State Reformatory. Uh, it's that prison most famous for its starring role in Shawshank Redemption. Right. And now they do like kind of tours and then they do a, like a haunted house stuff. And it was in that Godsmack video too. Remember yes. that? Yeah. yeah. As a matter of fact, yeah. Is, I believe that radio station sent buses, uh, loads of listeners to be in that video and all that when that happened. So a spokesperson for the Mansfield Police Department said Squire was waiting in line at the reformatory. He was acting drunk and disorderly, arguing with employees and shouting profanities. It just seems... The venue seems strange for this to have happened, yeah, is what I'm going to say. Yeah, but I mean, I'd be a liar to say that there hasn't been times when I've been drunk at an event before, not necessarily yes. station event, and he shouted obscenities. You know what I mean? Like, I'd, yeah. be, I'd be a liar to say I haven't done that in my life. Again, this last Motley Crue show outside of the queue, I was hammered screaming obscenities at, 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 at my date. All right, I understand how it can happen, but that's Motley Crue. That's at the queue. Not that it's okay, but I mean... And again, I like Billy, works for the company. I'm not trying to jump up and down on the kid. But you get so hammered at a haunted house that this happens. I mean, dude, apparently he was screaming F them. He resisted arrest as they tried to calm him down. They ended up pepper spraying him, dude. Dude, all over the country, people get shot for resisting arrest. You're resisting arrest at a haunted house? How did it get this far? I don't understand the venue of this. You go to, you know, Coachella or something, you go do something crazy, I get it. But you're going where seventh graders spend Friday night. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it, dude, this is where this is where legitimately it's like, dude, this would be the equivalent of getting arrested for drunk and disorderly outside of Cinemark. Wouldn't you be looking at me like, dude, what are you, 13? I, I, I want to make haunted houses like an adult situation, it's not. but it's not. It's, it's not. not. I mean, Anywhere just, where there's warm apple cider outside, it's not an adult situation. You know, it, it's it, it's you not. You don't see a warm apple cider at, at like the porn site crafts and services table. It's not even. 
even it's not even like a rated R movie. Like you don't even have to be 17 to buy tickets to this. Right. You can just go buy tickets to this as as long as you have a driver's license or a mom that'll take you there. I mean, it's getting so watered down the haunted house uh, thing this year. They're not even putting clowns in them because of the clown scare. What do you think about that? Is that all right? I feel like I feel like that's like if, if the, the most anti-haunted house uh, thing the, that you could possibly the do. The terrorists are winning. Exactly. The terrorists like, why are, are we winning. letting these clowns? I, I, that's are, that's the definition because that's what those clowns are doing. They're terrorizing people and now we can't have them in haunted houses. Yes. So I don't understand this. I really don't understand the venue. And I, and again, I don't want to jump up and down on Bill Squire because I like the kid. But at some point, you have to look at your relationship with, with alcohol, right? If this is happening, I mean, it's a one-off thing. It's not like we have a history of this with right. him. Not that I know of anyway. Right. But the venue just speaks so loudly well, to me. I think anytime you get arrested, you need to reevaluate what's going on in your life, regardless of fair, why you've that, been okay, arrested. That's fair. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, when police get involved in a situation that you caused, that probably is at least moment for pause and a little bit of reflection. And honestly, I, I you know, fingers crossed, I hope that the guy's doing that right now is a little bit of like, dude, what the hell did I just do with my life? I heard he's been very, um, he, he's shown remorse. Is from, from from the quotes I've read, and that he has been, uh, you know, apologetic and has said, "I'll Good. do whatever it takes to make this right." Good. And that does seem like Billy to me. That does seem like Bill Squire to me. Having known him, like I've said, I've known Bill since about two thousand and five, two thousand. I've known Bill for a long, long time, and so that sounds like him to me. He's always been a genuine guy, good dude. So I, I, I that's why when I heard about this first yesterday, I was like, this isn't, this is, there's no way this is right. I didn't believe it at first. You know, I'm, I'm not trying to make excuses for the guy at all, but I think everybody has had a night that has gotten away from oh, them. Oh, God, I've and had a lifetime of them. Obviously, that doesn't always translate into being arrested, pepper sprayed, and handcuffed, and thrown into the back that's of the man's pepper paddy spray wagon. is where you lose me, dude. Like, I can understand being in line. I understand screaming F you. I do. I get that. I, I, dude, I'm loud. I'm obnoxious. And if you put booze in me, I'm probably going to say the F word a lot. Honestly, sometimes it doesn't even take that. You just get Stansberry with a little bit of low blood sugar. Dude, you try to walk him through that Walmart on Tusk, and he's going to flip out on somebody. Dude, you better just hand me a Snickers and get out of my way. <laughs> right? So I get it. You're right about that. All right? I understand that. But once authorities show up, yeah. Yeah, at well, that I'm- point, man, like you got to just be done. And it got so strange that they pepper sprayed you. Really? Like, I don't understand. Now, maybe this is an abuse of force. I don't know. All right, maybe maybe that maybe maybe it got asked. I don't know. He's a white, right? He's, he's 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 a white dude, right? I guess that's why the pepper spray came out, though. Jeez, jeez, Mansfield, how you like that? Shots across the bow there. I uh, I just don't. The, the venue is what makes this suspicious to me. Like they do those things up there, you know, for, for their show where they do bar crawls, right? Now, if this happens at one of those, I could get it. I could get it. It would. I would still be looking at you like, bro, this is your job. What are you doing? But I could understand it. Too many tequila shots. The listeners are hanging out with you. They want to give you shots. Dude, Keep I, giving you shots. I know how that goes. Right. Believe me, dude. When I go into a bar, there are people want to buy you drinks. They want to, you know, they they want to get drunk with you. I get it. I totally get it. Been there two hundred times. But the I just the, I can't get over the venue. I can't get over where it happened. The Mansfield Reformatory, where like honestly, where seventh graders go to spend their weekends. Like this would be get, like I said, this would be the equivalent of getting arrested outside of a movie theater. I would be looking at you like, what? You Lower can't get rink, in you, amusement right. park. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's it, starting to get into weird uncle territory. <laughs> it's like, dude, what is what is what's happened here? Now, I want to clarify that I don't think that he should be fired for this. I don't like the whole you're going to be fired for messing up 
thing that we've done now. I don't know where that became the shift in this country that when you screw up, you, you shouldn't be allowed to make money. But I'll tell you what, I read all the comments at Scene Magazine yesterday, and let me tell you that it comes off, honestly, a lot of those people come off as, you know what, it's perceived that Bill Squire has a better life than I do, makes more money than I do, and I don't get to have fun, so neither should he. He shouldn't be able to make a living anymore. Well, there's, there's, I, I see what you're saying there, and I, I, I agree with you. I don't think the guy should be fired, but like working at a place, any place of business, let alone a radio station or something like that, that's not a right. Like you don't just because you know it's the right of the business to decide whether they do or do not find your appropriate or your actions appropriate as a representative of their company. So it's not saying that like yo he should never be able to earn a dollar again for the rest of his life. It's just saying that you don't. This these are positions of privilege. Like being in, being on the radio, that that's not a right. Like they give you this and they can take it away. I like that power of them giving it to you and being able to take it away by the ratings. I, I'm okay with that because that's the standard of the business. Well, but, but just by simply because I don't ever buy people are, are as outraged as they pretend to be in the moment. Agreed. And that, that's, where I, that's where that whole thing kind of loses me. You're not wrong about why it happens. I get that. But for me, that's where it loses it. I guess this whole thing started is he had his ticket on the phone and the phone was dead and he couldn't get in. Okay, let's say that that's the truth. Still, you're a grown man and you can't get into the haunted school and that makes you so mad that you start screaming at the employees. Guys, I again, he works for my company. I'm not trying to jump up and down on him and I'm not trying to draw negative attention to this because believe me, I'm going to get yelled at for having this for conversation. Sure. Yeah. I'm going to be yelled at. Okay? But that's a client of the radio station. You don't do that. Like, you just don't do it. Like, it's it's to be known you don't do that. Now, again, I want to maintain. Do Bill is a friend of mine? I don't believe he should be fired. People make mistakes. I understand. Apparently, now they said he dropped to his knees and said, I give up, and that's when they pepper sprayed him. Yeah, I don't buy that either. I don't. If you're so drunk that you're screaming F you at a client of your business and you have to be yanked out of the line over your cell phone being dead in your ticket and you can't get in, I don't buy the fact that you were just then peacefully going, oh, yeah, you know what? My bad. And cops just start pepper spray. I mean, and is, and is that what we're going with now is like, well, cops will just start pepper spraying you just because I mean, I, well, then, then then a lot of people are going to have to reevaluate what they say about Black Lives Matter then, huh? Right. I mean, like, right. If, if, if that's the case. Right. Now, apparently, Bill was on the show yesterday. They addressed this yesterday. They, the, the people are uh, the, the belief is is that he will not be fired, and that's that's right. That's appropriate. I think people make mistakes. They do. This was bad. It's embarrassing more. You know what? Yeah. That, that's my thing. Yeah. Is that it's embarrassing more than it is like. Can you believe that? It's not. You know what I mean. And people are going to draw comparisons to the previous co-host of the Alan Cox Show, who was famously fired over an alcohol-related instance. That is wildly and drastically different. There was a car involved, an accident happened, and that car was, again, a sponsored thing. Dude, you're bringing a completely different dynamic in there, and there were also other things behind the scenes there of, of that situation, and everybody was ready to cut ties before that happened, and it was just a good excuse to do it. That's That part is true. They were ready to move forward. Everybody involved was ready to move forward. He gave them an excuse. So this, the situation is different. But quit calling for this kid's job. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing, but it, it it's not like evil, right? Right, right. It's not like he like punched a cop. It's not like right. I, I, I think there's a lot of gray area in here. And honestly, I'm sure once the guy you know formally apologizes, apologizes to the Mansfield PD, goes through an alcohol treatment program, he's going to offer right. up a couple of Saturdays doing events right. for free. 
and uh, and he'll learn something from it. The show will get content of it. We're all in a ratings period. At the end of the day, it's going to help more than it's going to hurt. And everybody knows that. The only, honestly, ironically, the only person that's going to get in trouble over this whole Bill Squire situation will be me. <laughs> I'm going to be the only one that gets in trouble for this. Welcome to radio, people. We have now scientific proof of how long you should wait to have sex with somebody you meet. And we'll get into that next on the Sandsbury. Six nine. Kipnis with a drive, headed, deep right field, gone! And the Indians are back on top! Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. We're online at WRQK.com. Coming up at 9 o'clock is New Tour Tuesday, new Machine Gun Kelly, new Garth Brooks, new 6 a.m., 8.30. We'll send you to Bon Jovi. That show's going to be at the queue March 19th. Tickets go on sale a few days from now, but you can win them before you can buy them. 830-1-800-243-7625, the number you will need for those. Here a little Indians audio there, and uh, we will talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com at 8, get his take on the game. I um, Just real quickly, apparently there was a guy sitting in the stadium last night mm-hmm. who, I don't know his religion or what his background is, but people were tweeting at me and calling him a towel head. Jeez. Okay? Jeez. And I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't respond to messages like that, but I read them. Uh, guys, whatever your personal opinions are, dude, when you tweet at me, dude, let's leave like the like the racist name calling out of it. Like if you say to me, have you seen what these stupid and then use like the enter word Jeez. are doing? Like, cause do people will tweet at me and say things like that? Don't do that. I don't want to read that. I don't want to think about entertaining you when that's the language. I honestly, I like I told my boss the other day, I was like, the hardest part of my job now. People ask me, what's the hardest part of your job? Nowadays, it's the fact that we get everybody's opinion, and I kind of now get like a look into who's laughing along with us every morning. Sometimes it's a little disheartening. Don't tweet at me and use the word terms like towelhead and stuff like that. Don't do that. It bums me out. I mean, bum- it just bums me out. Toronto being a major international city, I can't... Ever ne- been? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It's an amazing city. I can't necessarily be surprised that, you know... Melting pot there. Right, that there's a, uh, a a wide wide variety of people in the yeah. Blue Jays fan base there. Toronto's and- an amazing city. It's a cool city. Except for all towel hands! Jeez, back it up, guy! Bro, it was rough. Wow. Dude, there was more than a few of those. Wow. It was rough, and wow. I didn't I didn't enjoy it. I don't no, enjoy that. No, no. Look, we all have our opinions. We all have our, you know, our things. But like, that's, I, I, dude, it's okay for me not to know everything about you. That's like, dude, that's like, you ever been in a line or something, and maybe at like a sandwich shop, and things get a little backed up, and the dude, the white guy in front of you, gives you one of those nudges, like, boy, can you believe these Middle Easterns running this subway sandwich right. shop? Right, like, like, we're like, dude, all why in- are you bringing me into this racism, man? I don't want to be a part of that. Like, we're all in it together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're right. Yeah, it just, it, it's uh, that stuff. It does. It just kind of bums me out. Okay, so. We now, according to Maxim, okay, have science here. Well, if there's one group of people I can believe on science, it's the, it's the fine people at Maxim Magazine. And the study, even the scientists who did the study say, look, when it comes to sex, there's no like hardline rule. But they say they figured out about how long new couples should wait before having sex. Okay. So I had a woman over at my house last night while reading this. And uh, she's in a relationship. We're not sleeping together. So I was like interested to get her take on it. And I had made a guess about before opening the link about how long I thought it should be for new couples to have sex, how long they should wait to have sex. And I have my reasons. And I, uh, in you know, obviously I'm getting older now. So I've been in enough sexual relationships where I can, I've, I've put my own studies in the field. 
What would you? <laughs> what would you? What would you venture the guess at? The the number is what it's always been. It's three in my mind. It has to be three. That's, okay. that's that's what the you know. Mine was four dates. Is what I thought was the best way to go. Four dates, and then if you want to have sex, you're probably at a, a at a decent point there. But the study comes out and says couples who have waited five dates before sleeping together report being 35% happier together compared to those who had sex on the first date, which, of course, I would rather see numbers from like second or third date. If you sleep together on the first date, you're both probably not really ready to be in a relationship. You're both just a little too carefree still, maybe going in the opposite direction of the person you just left looking for like the rebound bang there. I would be suspicious of first date bangers. Not of course. I, I I don't I don't I don't have a problem thinking that they're less happy than people who waited. Now, like you said, I, you know, no hard line. There's there's never going to be a, a, a one size fits all when it comes to something like this, and everything's going to kind of grow organically. Um, but if you're talking about just like the happiness of that relationship in particular, I think that makes complete sense of why you'd be happier waiting versus first time out. I, I would agree. That. I get that. They studied 2,000 married people also, and they revealed that the longer couples waited before having sex, that the stronger their relationship turned out to be long run. With couples waiting until marriage, rating their relationship stability and satisfaction on an average of 20% higher than those who had sex early in their relationship. Now, I'm going to stop right here, and I'm going to tell you that, okay, as much as I think you should wait to sleep with somebody, waiting till marriage, I think, is insanity. Yeah. That's like buying, it's like, you know, people say, well, you know, buy a car online. Really? The, I'm going to drive it. The only way that I can see that being uh, the right call for most people is if you are both in a religious situation where maybe, you know, if you're both, I don't want to say necessarily virgins, but if you're born again or if it's something like that, then if, I, I can see it. If you're both it. staunch in your convictions for another reason, yeah, I guess I could see it. It, it, w- it wouldn't make sense for me, and I feel like it, it, it would end up ruining my relationship, but... You know, I'm probably not as sound as people who can wait. There's no way that I could have a relationship like that. I, that's just that's outside of my boundaries. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's outside of, of of where I operate. So it wouldn't work for me. But I can see how for some people, all right, if that's what you want to do. So they try to explain this on why people are happier, right? So the mathematician Robert T, uh, Robert Seymour said that uh, they show dating for a while before having sex allows the man to prove to the female that he is good, that pure and like and of good intention. Which means that he is willing to care for her and the offspring that may come after, you know, having the sex. And we're getting into like the biological urges there. It's not necessarily that after that fourth date, you're like, oh my God, this guy's going to be such a great dad. But somewhere deep in your subconscious mind, you're like, this guy is willing Decent. to stick around and put, you know, uh, food on the table. You know, there's that urge in, 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 your, in, your, in your subconscious. There. Yeah, I, I would agree. So I think. Waiting till marriage makes no sense to me. I, I think I, I my hardline rule is not hardline rule, but if, but for a relationship, somebody I'm interested in, it, it's more than two. It's got to be. Mine's always been kind of about four dates, and it's true. And lady, dude, you'll hear women say this, and guys too, but you'll hear women say this a lot. Yeah, you know, I can't find a good man. And there's, ladies, I'm just gonna be honest with you. A guy's gonna respect you more if you wait. He just is. Now. Are you going to run into some jerk guys who were going to leave and not waited out the five dates? Yeah. But guess what? You didn't want that dude either. You didn't want that guy. If you want a relationship, you didn't want that guy. I always thought it was a good move to early on, like especially before you, you know you started having sex, and let's say it was date three, four, five, or something like that. But during dates one or two, when you're making out, or when you you both know that you want to, I always felt like acknowledging it and being like, "Oh my god, I want to bang you so bad, yes. but I'm not going to do it until 
you know, X. I always felt like that was a money move. I thought chicks really liked they that. They do really yeah. like that. They do really like that. And, uh, dude, a guy's definitely going to be more interested in a relationship if you wait, if you make him wait a little bit. Like, you wouldn't be surprised. Like, women are always shocked. When I like, if I go out with a woman and it goes really well, we end up back having drinks at my place or her place or whatever. If we start fooling around a little bit and like sex starts to become, you know, like the next move, when I say no, the amount of times women are shocked by that, it's it, it, like it would blow you. Dude, I've had women storm out of my apartment because because I said no. They thought I was like denying them or sort of turning them down on some level. Well, women are no, accustomed to that. You know, I was I was showing my I was showing respect for myself and for you. Which I'm sorry, that's so rare that it's now offensive to you. Which is, which again, you're right. Women don't really experience that the way men do. But I mean, women are uh, they get offended a lot by that. And it's like, no, I'm just not. You know what I mean? I'm not going to hop into bed with everybody. I will do it, but I'm not going to hop into bed with just anybody. It always depended on the context too. In the sense, for me, where it's like, if I thought of you as somebody who I could potentially be in a relationship, I want to wait it out. Then I'm going to wait it out. Right. If I view you as somebody who's going to be a casual partner, even if you're just going to be a casual partner for an extended amount of time, that I'd be in a different. I'd be in a different I conversation. St- depending on where I feel you fit into my life, and people are set. And people come in and out of your life for different increments of time. But even if you're only going to be there for a small period of time, I still, it's probably not going to be the first date. I still want to know a little bit about you. I still want to know, you know, look, sometimes you end up at the bar, you're drunk, and you just Uber home. Right. Next thing you know, you, you, you know, you're banging. But I promise you this, ladies, no guy's ever slept with a woman in a bar parking lot and felt like, yeah, this is the next girlfriend. I, this is the next person I move into my house. That's never happened, ever. Class it up a little. All right. We have Bon Jovi tickets at 8.30. You'll have them. Scott at wait, uh, from WaitingForNextYear.com at 8 o'clock. We'll be right back with more Sansbury Show. Hang on. Hit on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. In about 10 minutes, we'll talk to Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com. Get a look ahead at Game 4, which I just I, I just realized that it skipped my mind that it's 4.08 in the afternoon is when they play today. And yeah. uh, do day baseball, which I would do. Fantone and I are going to be huge fans of that as we have to go to bed normally pretty early. So I'm excited for early baseball, and uh, dude, I tweeted this out, and uh, please uh, tweet at me and let me know, at Sansbury Show, where uh, where are people watching the game at? Because I think I want to venture out. If we're going to clinch a game and have a chance to go to the World Series, like I want to be amongst people for that. Right. I want to be amongst draft beer and right. like, buffalo wing sauce and like that kind of thing. So where are people watching the game at? Tweet at me, at Sansbury Show, let me know. And uh, I got a couple of ideas. Nick's uh, already tweeted in, Canton Brewing Company, it's walking distance from the crib, That might that might be a good place for that. Draft day, another one. Probably, I'll probably swing by there. I don't know. I, uh, but I, I, I want to be amongst the people for this. Um, not to throw the jinx or anything out there, but oh dude, no, oh Indians, no. Indians haven't lost since September 28th. Okay, let, let, let me tell you why we need to be September careful. September 28th. I tweeted this out last night too, and I'm worried about it. I am worried about it. I'm worried that all the taunting that we have done the Golden State Warriors, every sign you see is the Warriors blew a three-one lead. Now, I understand we're up 3-0. People are like, your math doesn't add up. Well, the the theory still will hold up. I'm terrified that karma is going to come back and bite us in the ass for how much we celebrated them blowing a major lead like that and being up 3-0 in a division, in a series, championship series, is a huge lead. I worry that we're going to do that. Um, Sure. But the thing is with the Warriors and the 3-1 lead, that's not exclusively Northeast Ohio. That's all over the country. People put those signs up. That's not just, you know, that's not just that. that, That's why you see them everywhere. Dude, people love making fun of the Warriors. Before the break, 
we were talking about this study that Maxim put in the field. They hired a couple of you know scientists to look into it about the, how long you should wait till have sex, and they say five dates is about how long you should go. Susan tweeted in at me and told me she waits thirty days from meeting somebody to have sex. That's fair. That sounds about right. That sounds well, about fair. And, and really, at that point, if you're five going, dates could be thirty days. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Is you're going out once a week. That's probably four dates, and then after that thirty days, boom, there boom, you are. There yeah. you are. So Amy tweeted in and was very interested, and, uh, and, and she thought that this would be too rude to ask, maybe, and I don't think okay. it is. Um, and if you don't want to answer, you don't have to answer. But how long did, uh, did, how long did you and your current girlfriend that you live with, uh, uh, you're in a full-blown relationship, how long did you guys wait before you uh, had sex? It was four dates, and it would have happened on the third date, but that was the... Uh, Period? That, no, that was that oh. was, that was was like the first, first Friday of the Stansberry Show's oh, existence. Oh, Whiskey D. Oh, dude, there was no <laughs> way it happened. was happening on that third date. Nice. I think I can remember nice. us kind of trying, and I was just like, no, this is not going to happen. Um, and uh, it's like shooting pool with a noodle. The thing, the thing I will say about it is, you know, number one, we waited over three dates. So I guess we're in a decent territory. Yeah, you're in a good territory. And we'd been friends for like well, you over, knew each other early. well over a year at that point. So it changed circumstances. Right, there. right. There's everybody's favorite word in Northeast Ohio right now: circumstances. There. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, so there you go, Amy. There, there, there's how yeah. long they had waited. Yeah. There's how long they had waited. We do have Scott. We'll talk to him in just a few minutes. Again, if you have not heard about this uh, in California, this is scary to me. A guy like suited up in body armor, shot it, or went, went to go shoot at two cops, but his gun had a malfunction. And so from like about 100 yards away, from about a good sand wedge away, two cops were able to draw their weapon, put him down. The guy lived. He's going to face these charges. But just, dude, suited up in body armor with an assault rifle. Like, that stuff's just terrifying to me. As a guy who's pro-gun, as a guy who believes you should have a handgun in your home if you want one, it's still terrifying to me to think about somebody suited up in body armor with an assault rifle heading out. Now, I also saw this story coming out of Michigan, and I think it's hilarious. Okay. Okay? There's a billboard that got put up in Detroit written in Arabic that says Donald Trump can't read this, but he's still scared by it. And I think that's very funny, dude. I think I don't know why. I think that's very funny. Very true as well. Yeah, pretty true there. It's pretty heavily populated up there. Oh, dude. Um, it's 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 the little Middle East up there. Yeah, like, it really is. As somebody who lived in Michigan for their Jersey seems to be another hot pocket. Quite a stretch of time, dude. There was just a a, a huge population in that area, and I, I can't say that I'm surprised that Donald Trump is not doing very well in that state. Not surprised at all, actually. Yeah. That billboard's pretty funny. I don't care what your politics are, that, bu- that billboard's funny. Because it's true a little bit. Probably scared you a little bit, too. I remember when I first when I first moved to California. This was years and years ago, almost 20 years ago. Well, no, longer now. And, you know, people would freak out over the fact that the billboards, some of the billboards out there were written in Spanish. Can you believe this? So I can only imagine what some people driving around Detroit... Because it's all just written in Arabic, and then after it, it just says Donald Trump in English. And so you know people are like, what the hell does that say? Terrorist threat, man. Terrorist threat. Dude, it is it is the orange terror threat right now. I don't know why. I just I saw that picture and it made me laugh. Well, and you know, Michigan really is one of those, much like a lot of states, where in the city, uh, in this, a lot of progressives, you have a lot of people who are very forward thinking, and it, once you get outside of those cities, it just turns into uh, just uh, very 
what do I want to say? I don't want to say behind the times, but a very conservative, very uh, you know, staunch in their views and their guns and their God, and that's 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 all over Michigan. Right? Once you get out of Flint, once you get out of Grand Rapids, it just turns into country. Yeah, it's most states. You get out of the, you know, the major cities. It's like, whoa, what the hell happened here? I just I saw that billboard. I just thought it was very funny. Indians play again today, 408. Scott from winning for next year.com joins the program next on Rock 1069. Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 1069, online at WRQK.com. Joined this morning, normally on Mondays at 8 a.m., but uh, we had a little bit of a scheduling issue. Scott from winning for next year.com. My man, how are you? Doing well. Apologies for that uh, scheduling issue. Ah, man, it's all good. It's all it's all good. We uh, we value you more than more than you need us. So that uh, that's totally fine with us. I want to uh, before we get to the Indians, we'll handle them last. I want you to take me back earlier to the, your weekend, buddy. You were at Cap Randall. You did you you went to Wisconsin to, to see the Bucks play. How was that? I did. It was awesome. Uh, I haven't I haven't seen an Ohio State game live in a very long time. Um, Isn't it so much fun? And uh, yeah, and then so then the college football itself has its own kind of aura, and then to be on the road. At a stadium like Camp Randall, um, was 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 really really cool as well. So no, it was, it was a fun weekend and it was a a hell of a game. I saw ratings were among the best for all networks for that night. And then whoever, whoever the five point six million whoever tuned in, um, you know, got to see one hell of a football game. College football has such a great feeling. It has. There's just it just feels special. It feels very different than the NFL when you go see a game live, especially when you have a uh, a program as steeped in tradition as Ohio State is. You can definitely feel it when you go to those games. It's amazing. Yeah, no, it was really cool. Um, you know, and it helped to have good seats. But there were Buckeyes fans everywhere. Uh, Carmen, Ohio, was right in front of us after the game ended. I oh, mean, nice. the whole thing just worked out really, really well. And then the game ended right before the uh, in the probably the hardest rainstorm I've ever been a part of. So we got out of there just got out of there just in time. Uh, I saw then the following day, Sunday, you were over at Lambeau Field. Did you actually go to that Packers uh, Cowboys game too? I I did not. We went up there. Um, a couple of us, a couple of my friends did, um, but they had to, they spent over two hundred bucks a ticket to get in. Jeez. Um, it's wow. it's a tough ticket. It's it, I would compare it to probably Fenway in terms of. Getting in, getting in, yeah. getting in. You know, secondary market. I mean, where tickets are going north. Uh, I mean, so they bought there just to put it in perspective. They paid, you know, well north of face after kickoff. I mean, the game had already wow. started before they got in, and they still had to pay a couple bucks. So we, but Green Bay. I don't know if you've ever been up there. There's a lot of stuff to yep. do in and around stadium. Um, you know, but they they do a really good job of having like team sponsored tailgating and stuff where the tailgating you know, they there have are the, some of the best. Yeah, in they the have country. those areas where you can. You know, grab a couple of beers, grab some food, hang out, and watch it on gigantic televisions. And so we we did a bunch of that, and then we we head back to Madison after the game. Yeah, I uh, I've actually been to a game at Lambeau, and the uh, the pre gaming, like the tailgating for that franchise, is legendary. It's amazing. Yeah, no, there's was, there's was a really good time, good weekend, um, and now I got to get back to it this week, which kind of sucks, but it is what it is. We're talking to Scott from WinningForNextYear.com, and again, before we get to the Indians, we do have to talk a little bit of Browns here, and I, so so I want to ask you a question. All right. So the Browns are in a little bit of trouble. I mean, it's like 0-6. We all know they're not going to be very good this year. I, I, I want to give you some numbers here, Scott. If I could offer you a quarterback and you could pick between a guy with 769 yards, five touchdowns, and zero interceptions, or a guy who has 803 yards, four TDs, and one interception, who are you taking? Well, I mean, you, you want to go with, with this team, you want to go with the guy who makes the, the fewest mistakes. So obviously the first one um, you know, is, is the... Is is would be the answer for this team, 
Uh, I'm assuming the second one's Cody Kessler, however. It is. And, and uh, the kid has been – he surprised me. I mean, I, I've compared him to, you know, deer in headlights at times. But, I mean, not only keeping the Browns in that game on Sunday, but throwing the ball and taking – knowing he was going to get crushed – you know, those kind of things. That fourth and one play that he delivered to Pryor, don't get me wrong, it helps having a six foot four inch guy yes. on the receiving end of that yeah, ball. Pryor's a freak. Yeah. But I mean he delivered a perfect pass despite knowing that he was going to have a Titan defender in his chest the second he let go of it. And those are the kind of things you don't really see out of a rookie very often. Um well who was the first one just out of curiosity? Was it Prescott? No, it was Carson Wentz. Oh, okay. Well but he, so either way, I mean you watch you watch Wentz, you watch you watch Prescott, and you watch what they're doing. You know, their offensive line has given them so much more time to, to do what they've been needed to do. And, I mean, I, I don't know if you saw it, but Pro Football Focus graded Cameron Irving as a 37 yeah. on Sunday, yeah. which is almost invisible. The Browns essentially went 10-11 and 11 when they were on offense on Sunday. And the guy who was probably, you know, tasked with defending the defender, uh, blocking the defender closest to the quarterback was, was horrible in doing so. so. So what Kessler's been able to do with this team um, has been has been nothing short of extraordinary. Um, I you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put him in Canton anytime soon, but he's he's surprised me and he's he's done a hell of a job given what he's been had to what he's been having to do in lieu of all these in lieu of all these injuries. Yeah, I didn't think he was gonna be much of anything. He's already proven that he's better, way better than I thought he he could be. How much credit of of Cody Kessler's accomplishments do you give Hugh Jackson? I mean, obviously Hugh Jackson whisperer. has 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 maximize what he's gotten out of quarterbacks in the past. Is that what we see going on right now? I think so. I don't, I don't think you can discredit it. Um, now, it helps having, you know, kind of that – Duke Johnson was, was a heck of a release valve on Sunday, and that kind of stuff helps. But also, I mean, we, we went so long without having a, a top-flight receiving option, you know, since, essentially since Josh Gordon was on the field. I mean, they piecemealed together whatever that was last year. And, you know, you have to wonder how much better Josh McCown's season would have been had he not been throwing to, you know, guys like Taylor Gabriel and Andrew Hawkins all season long. Um, but, but Hugh has done a, a fantastic job, in my mind, um, working with what he's been given. And, and, and truthfully, I think he's been one of the best things that happened to Cody Kessler because um, you've seen his progression, you know, since, since he first took that field, he ran out of the back of the end zone during the preseason to where he was on Sunday. I mean, it, it certainly wasn't his fault the Browns lost, that's right. for sure. We're talking to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. Let's get off the Browns. Everybody feels miserable about that whole situation. <laughs> so moving forward, let me ask you this question just flat out. Are the Indians a team of destiny? Man, I mean, we talked about it before the series started. I, you can't count them out. There's no, there's no game where I think you can count them out, and I think last night just proved that even more where, you know, their starting pitcher lasts two-thirds of an inning. Uh, Toronto fans are loving it, eating it up, thinking this is the one that they're going to get. And then, and then all of a sudden, the bullpen shuts him down. And oh, by the way, you know you're down three zero, and Corey Kluber's waiting for you for Game Four, who who you couldn't even touch, you know, right. a couple games earlier. So, you know, I, I, I'm not about to put him, you know, in the World Series yet. We've seen you know, how these things can kind of end, Warriors you know, clear, you're, 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 you know, especially if you're like a Warriors fan, right? Yeah. But you know, the then and the Cubs and the Dodgers are. Both very, very good teams, but I mean, I, I don't know how you can count these guys out. They've been underdogs every game. They've played maybe a one or half run uh, advantage when Corey Kluber pitched game two against the Red Sox. Outside of that, Vegas hasn't believed a thing they've been doing, and and they're still, you know, doing what they've been, what, what they, what they've done. Last night was nothing short of spectacular. It was with, amazing. 
the way the with, with the way the bullpen p- pitched and the way the field. I mean, Francisco Lindor and Jason Kipnis and that catch by Coco Crisp in left field. Yeah, everything it was amazing. Is just coming together, and it's guys who you wouldn't count on, you know, doing things. And then it's guys like last night with Kipnis and you know the heart of your order and Kipnis and, and Napoli doing damage. I mean, it's been it's been so much fun to watch. You talk about Terry Francona and, 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 and what he's been able to kind of accomplish and what he's been able to pull out of these guys. Has he revolutionized the way that bullpens are going to be used in baseball? It'll be very interesting to see how things go next season, uh, given what Terry's done this year. I mean, it was, you know, you say revolutionized. It's something a lot of, you know, statistical people have been screaming from mountaintops for years that it's dumb to put a closer just just when he's in the ninth inning. I mean, you saw almost to the batter, you know, what they were able to do last night in terms of who they were putting in. And when you have a two-run lead, leaving a guy in and just until he gives up a base runner. I mean, there's no sense in pulling him and, 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 and stretching another guy out if you don't have to. And you, and you notice that Shaw pitched until he gave up a runner. Right. And then, and then Allen pitched until he gave up a runner. And then, you know, Miller came in. And it just worked so perfectly where in the ninth inning it was 7-8-9. I mean, the, and then they didn't have to face the top of the order again. And I mean, there's math involved, obviously, but there's so much more in knowing what, what strings to pull and when. And the TV people had their minds blown. You know, if you listen to those TBS guys, Cody Allen coming in the seventh, they've never seen such a thing. And then right. all of a sudden it just it couldn't have worked any better. And you're seeing more so what it's doing in front of the hell out of the opponent as well. I mean, you're – you know, Josh Donaldson and Jose Bautista and all these guys who have been among the best hitters in baseball, you know, can't, can't seem to figure these guys out. And it's just that it makes it that much better. But yeah, I mean, Andrew Miller's obviously the best pitcher on the Indians from a, from a bullpen standpoint. So to have that bull in the chamber and just be able to deploy it whenever, um, is, is, <laughs> I mean, that helps a lot. I mean, let's, let's be honest. Terry's not exactly going to, you know, going to bat here with a, with a, with an also ran bullpen. But I mean, knowing when to put these guys in and how dominant they've been able to be. Jeez. It'll be interesting to see how other teams use that next year because it's obviously working very, very well. I don't know if you can do it for a 162-game season, but, uh, but to do it, especially in shortened games in the playoffs, it works extremely well. We're talking to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. Indians are facing Game 4 today. They can close out if they win. Scott, let's say the Indians take care of business. They win today. We move forward to the World Series. Who's the MVP of this series? Could Terry Francona be the, be the MVP? Okay, I if like not, it. If, I like the vote. If I do. not, if, if it's not, it's Andrew Miller, undoubtedly. Um, the guy has been untouchable. You know, I know obviously the last out of the game was a ground out yesterday, but uh, you know there was a, a point there where he struck out eleven of the thirteen guys he had faced. Yeah, that's what uh, I mean. watch, Watching him in Wisconsin on Saturday just dominate the Blue Jays over two innings was was I've, I've never seen anything like it from a closer. I mean, and you're and you're talking about guys modern day like Araldis Chapman who throw 105 miles an hour. I mean, Miller's location and his deception and his length is just something that this team hasn't had, especially from the left side of the rubber, for a very, very long time. And you, 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 the way that the, the hitters have been kind of spreading things out, you know, amongst you know one through nine, it's tough to pick an MVP there, so you'd almost have to go with Miller. There's Scott from winningfornextyear.com. Buddy, thank you so much for adjusting your schedule and joining us this morning. We appreciate it. No problem. Next Monday. Yeah, we'll talk to you again next week. And we will get you hooked up with Bon Jovi tickets next on The Stansbury. 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. We're about to give away some Bon Jovi tickets. Yeah. Under 10 minutes from right now, 1-800-243-7625, the number you will need for those. And the show is on March 19th. Tickets go on sale on the 22nd of this month. These are win them before you can buy them tickets. Bon Jovi at the queue. 
And this really is the proper giveaway to wrap up this next conversation okay. as it's all about gonorrhea. Okay. And so no no, okay. no better giveaway than, than an 80s rock band, hair metal band there, while talking gonorrhea. Okay. Super bugs are a problem, right? Things that uh, end up gaining uh, momentum and power and end up uh, being resistant to, to uh, you know medicine and the like. That's why you got to stop using that antibacterial soap. soap Everybody, that everybody's always washing their hands with it all, taking care of it. No, you're just making superbugs. But with the rise of drug-resistant superbugs, mm-hmm. gonorrhea is growing at a rapid rate. And it's becoming resistant to the drugs that they're worried we're going to have to go back to like 19th century like uh, methods of of curing this and getting rid of it. Gonorrhea has mostly become a nuisance infection. But now the concern is that we could go back to a time when we'll have to be hospitalized or use very antiquated and mechanical treatments. That was Dr. Vanessa Allen. Now, you'll remember that gonorrhea also referred to as the clap. Yes. Um, and you know where that comes from. That's how they that's how they used to cure it is they would yeah, yeah they would they would they would they would put your penis between two boards and clap, clap them down and uh, yeah. dude, that's not a it's not a it's not a good way to cure anything, man. Last month, the United Nations held a historic meeting to discuss the superbug crisis, which the World Health Organization calls a slow motion tsunami. For starters here, gonorrhea is the second most common sexually transmitted bacterial disease there is, after chlamydia. Okay. The World Health Organization, WHO there, says as many as 110 million people are infected each year, and when left untreated, infections can lead to painful complications, infertility, or even death. Um, you know, there's a lot of people out there with STDs right now and either A, they're in denial about the symptoms of like, oh, no, that's not what it is. No, it doesn't mean I have an STD. I probably just have like a urinary tract infection or something. And you keep lying to yourself, keep lying to yourself, keep lying to yourself. And then there's people out there who have never exhibited syndrome symptoms. A lot where, of them where they're, yeah, don't show. Where you're a carrier of the disease. You're passing the disease around, but you might not necessarily be dealing with, you know, gunk coming out. Most of the time when you have gonorrhea, from what I've heard, I've never had an STD. I've been very lucky, and I and I, you know what? That's not fair. Lucky isn't fair. I've been very careful. I mean, I've slept around a ton, but I use condoms, and I mean that's about the only thing. I mean, you know, not nothing's a hundred percent, but you got to try something. You know, what I mean? you got to try something. But I've never had any of this stuff, and uh, I get tested about twice a year. I feel like that's important. It should be something that everybody does. That that helps all of us when you do that. But but apparently last month. U.S. health officials also reported seven gonorrhea cases in Hawaii with reduced um, ability to, uh, or where, where the medicine didn't work. It just it, it's not working. We're we're dude, we're building gonorrhea that's not going to be able to be cured, and apparently we're going to have to go back to this old school method where they take a metal syringe and you take it with you. It's filled with mercury, and you just stick it in the urethra and push the plunger down, bro. There is, dude, I believe it was Snoop Dogg who had said, there is no vagina worth getting burned up while you're up in it. Snoop is smart. Pay attention to the Snoop. Hey, 
I think we were talking about um, just dong drugs in general the other the other God. week where we were talking Dear about ED problems where guys were starting to inject a medicine into their penis. Yeah, that's a big one though. And that was just like a small little, you know, but dude, you're starting to inject with what you're, you're, you're talking about the plunger and stuff, dude. Honestly, I, 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 I am thanking God right now I'm in a relationship. Like this is one of those times right now where it's like, well, yeah, you're having sex with the same person all the time. It might not be as exciting. It might not be. But it's like, dude, at least I don't have to worry about super gonorrhea anymore. That's an, that's that that part is out of my life, and I thank God for it. If you're yeah. listening right now, sweetheart, I love you. Thank you for not giving me super gonorrhea. Thank you. Now hurry up, get dressed, leave your other <laughs> boyfriend's house, and go home. Dude, this is terrifying. Yeah. As a guy who doesn't have a girlfriend, this yeah. is terrifying. This is terrifying. Do you have any idea how hard it is to find a woman my age without six kids by five dads right. and no STDs? It's right. a, dude, it's a pain in the ass. It's a dude. You can show me Tinder. You can show me POF. You can show me all this stuff, dude. I might as well be looking for a pink unicorn out there. It's, I mean, dude. It is, dude. It, this is terrifying. I don't want, dude. There's super gonorrhea. Dude, gonorrhea alone sounds bad. Yeah, but at least, you know, like herpes has always been super herpes because once you have it, you have it. And AIDS has always been super AIDS because once you have it, you have it. But now we're taking what was like the JV of STDs when we're talking about like, oh, it used to be, hey, go take four pills and you're going to be fine. And dude, take these antibiotics for a week. Ah, you'll be fine. It's no big deal. Where now, man, every STD and every infection and every gunk you have growing on your junk now is super powered. And uh, dude, once again, thank you for being my girlfriend. I appreciate it, and I, I, I promise I will never skis on you because I don't want super gonorrhea. Honestly. Oh, you know how mad I would be? Oh. Like, if I was in a relationship, and my, like, and you just showed up, and you knew you were clean, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, like, you get something because you did, like the person you were with ran around on you. Oh, I'd be so mad. I'd be so mad. And I honestly, when I've been cheated on, that's the, that's the, when I'm trying to hurt their feelings on the way out the door, that's what I always say. You know, you could have killed me. You know, you could have, you could have brought AIDS to my house. You could have brought AIDS home. Did you ever think about that? No, you didn't. You just couldn't wait to put your, you know, your ankles behind your ears in a parking lot for some dude who's probably going to be worse to you than I was. God, dude, women suck. Wear condoms, dude. Just wear condoms. We have we have fixed all this, guys. It, yeah, listen. but in a relationship. Well, no. I mean, obviously that you're getting into a territory where you have to start trusting each other at that point. But if you're having, unless you can, and unless you can, honest to God, trust that person across the bedroom from you, and I don't know if really at any point you can trust anyone, but you if, can assume you can. As soon as you're sure you can trust them, that's when I'd worry. Right. I, I guess as soon as right? you're like, oh, hey, I love you. Let's not wear condoms anymore. She's out there getting banged out by other dudes. Mm. Man, it's a shame. True. I don't. Let me tell you something else. I saw at, at, at game one of the ALCS that I wasn't aware was a problem facing uh, our our dirty parts. Okay. Okay. I was okay. standing at the urinal. That's pretty hammered, drinking a bunch of Coors Light at the game, and I look up and there's this like advertisement at the urinal, and it's like painted on the wall. It's not even like a poster. It's like painted, and it just says "Ask about the curve." And I just figured, okay, this is a baseball thing. And then I look down, and there's a ketchup bottle that's standing up. But near towards like the tip of the bottle, it's bent over, and it asks, "Are you bent out of shape?" Question mark. And it's askaboutthecurve.com, and I can't even pronounce this disease. But apparently, this is about the, having a curved penis. 
and apparently this has become such a problem that there's now well there's there's medicine for it to straighten out the penis. Um, now you know restless leg syndrome is apparently such a problem as well that there's a medicine for it. So I can't say I'm surprised. Um, but uh, listen, there I think in a best case scenario there should be at least some curve to your penis, and if it's pointed in the right direction, it can be very beneficial to Upward, your lover. Right, right. But if you you know if it looks like a bendy straw at the top, I can understand why you have to go talk to your doctor about that one. Originally, apparently, this was called Chorty. The uh, super gonorrhea? No, no, no. Oh, the bent, the, uh, the bent penis. Bent okay. And apparently, back in the day, before askaboutthecurve.com, they recommended placing your penis on a table and striking it with a violent blow uh, with a book. Uh, Dude, your penis isn't a picture. It's not like you can put it between two pages in a book and it's going to flatten back out. It's terrible. Dude, you know, again, you said this very well the other day, and I'm going to bring it back up again. For all of you people that, man, I was born in the wrong era. Right. <laughs> I was right. born in the wrong era. Really? No, you weren't. You just like dresses and tuxedos. Go and rent that stuff. Go out for a date. You'll be fine. You weren't born in the wrong era. You really want to go back to metal syringes with mercury? No, I to don't. To fix gonorrhea? No, I Well, don't. too bad, because apparently your wrong decade <laughs> is coming to us. It's coming to us. All right. Keeping with the gonorrhea theme, let's send you to see Bon Jovi. Is that <laughs> the theme for us now? Is that the theme? Tell us what your show is about, gonorrhea. Dude, more gonorrhea than any other radio program. No, I don't. Jeez. I don't. That, would, that, would, that would be a terrible way to be promoted. We do have Bon Jovi tickets that show March 19th at the queue. Jesus. All right. We'll send you to that. Caller 20 right now, 1-800-243-7625. We'll send you to see Bon Jovi. Uh, After the break, we're going to move on to a little bit more of a somber uh, subject as we do have the calling hour details for the legend, Freddie the Frog. We've uh, got clearance from the family. We are able to tell you when and where this is going down, and we will do so next on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. You hear there a beautiful morning by the Rascals that's known the citywide as pretty much the anthem for Freddie the Frog, longtime historic radio DJ here at Rock 106.9. If you haven't heard, over the weekend, lost his life. Born in 1941, passing in 2016. And this information can be found at WRQK.com, but we have clarified with the family. They're totally... I didn't want to announce this yesterday because I wasn't sure. You want to make sure you're in line with family wishes there. But we've gotten with them, and they're totally fine with us passing out this information. Anybody who is looking to wish goodbye to the legend that is Freddie the Frog can do so at the calling hours tonight at St. George Orthodox Church located at 1122 Cherry Avenue Northeast from 4 to 8 p.m., and then the funeral will be at the same church tomorrow at 11 a.m. Um, I believe, you know, I don't have that information. There, there was, a, like, a donation issue in, in lieu of flowers. I don't have that with uh, written down in front of me. I, I apologize. I should have written that down. But if you're looking to say goodbye, people have been asking. And again, I just didn't want to give out the information until I got the go-ahead from the family. But the calling hours are this evening. From 4 to 8, St. George Orthodox Church, Cherry Avenue Northeast. Uh, I got that information Thank in you. lieu of donations or anything like that. Freddie's family has requested a donation. Welcome to St. George's Church, okay. where, the, where the services will be tonight. Uh, they're sense. looking to put an elevator in 
And, uh, you know, Freddie uh, obviously was very well involved with that church, and the family feels like that's the appropriate legacy for him. So, um, like Done. I said, in lieu of flowers or a donation to anything else, that's where Freddie's family wants it to go. I'm sure all the information will be there tonight if uh, if you feel so uh, and compelled to go. And honestly, you know, I I, uh, I, I certainly imagine there will be a – this will be a heavily attended event. Just oh, based I bet on, the turnout's huge. Just based on the fact that, number one – Fred made a real and lasting connection with his audience just based on how good of a jock he was and how good he was with the music. Uh, but the dude was also a pillar of the community and genuinely was a huge part of so many charitable organizations and so many different, you know, causes that I'm sure, you know, the the, the way he's affected people's lives was beyond just being on the radio. And, and, and people aren't quick to forget things like that. Like I said the other day when, when we first heard about this. My dad used to say to me as a kid all the time, the measure of a man, Daniel, is how they speak about you while you're still alive. People will line up to say nice things about you as soon as you pass, but when the, how they're talking about you, how you're alive, tells you the kind of man you are and how you have lived your life. Nobody ever had a crossword to say about Freddie while he was alive. Nobody. Just a good dude. And like I said, I was a little worried when coming down here what the, what the legendary jocks like Fishhead and Freddie the Frog, how they were going to feel about the new world order coming to Rock 1069. A lot of times that's people meet you with serious amounts of resistance. Freddie did not. He was open armed from day 1, listened to the program daily. Would comment to me multiple times a week and tell me, you know, man, I'm out in the community, I'm listening, people are telling me they like it. I mean, he was behind us. He was just always out there pushing. He didn't have to do that. And uh dude legend is honestly probably not a strong enough term there. Probably not strong enough to describe that man. But again, if you wish to say goodbye, you can do so today. St. George Orthodox Church are the calling hours from 4 to 8. I've already talked to the boss, man. I think he's going to pick us up, and I think we're going to uh, make a convoy and maybe all go together and uh, show some some, uh, support there. Missed for sure, never forgotten, Freddie the Frog will be. We will start New Tour Tuesday. Next on Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Stansbury here for High Voltage Indoor Karting. It's Northeast Ohio's first, fastest, and longest indoor high-performance electric go-karting track. If you haven't been out there yet, no better time than October Fast. It's the time. The October Fast special is killer. Check this out. Monday through Friday from noon to 6 p.m. you get two races for 25 bucks and at 6 o'clock till close you get two races for 30 bucks. October Fast is going on at High Voltage Indoor Karting. Find out more at High Voltage Karting. New Turd Tuesday. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. We're online WRQK.com It is New Turd Tuesday. If you're new to the program, this is what happens. We listen to three new songs. We make judgments on them. Let you know what we think. Now, if you're at a local band, we like to feature local music on New Turd Tuesday. You yeah. can send me your stuff, stansburywrqk.com. Okay. Include a bio and a track. And I've been pimping this all morning. We almost have a local submission for New Turd Tuesday. We'll get into that nearing the end of the program. I'll explain that story to you towards the end of the program. However... As the Indians try to wrap it up today, Mm -hmm. we figured we would keep this as Ohio as we could. Okay. So we're going to start this week's episode of New Tour Tuesday 
with Ohio's own, well, actually Texas's own, but then moved to Ohio and then raised here, Machine Gun Kelly with his new song, Bad Things. I haven't heard this yet. Neither have I. I like MGK, though. Uh, he's got a song with Kid Rock off his latest album that I didn't hate a lot. No, I mean, MGK's all right. He's good at what he does. Am I out of my head? Am I out of my mind? If you only knew the bad things I like, don't think that I can't explain it. What can I say? It's complicated. ESD? Don't matter what you say, don't matter what you do. We might be breaking a record for how long before either one of those things have been said. Kills! He'll sail that one, too. Kills! Well, you can tell right from the get-go, uh, there was a producer that was like, dude, enough yelling Cleveland, enough yelling right. EST, enough yelling Lace Up, let's put a chick on this, and dude, you can, can we rap. make some effing money? Let's do a hit. Let's. Uh, how about we make a hit record? You're four albums in. Let's make some money. Nothing's that bad If it feels good So you come back Like I knew you would And we're both wild And the night's young Enjoy my drug Breathe you into my face numb Drop it down to that bass drum I got what you dream about Nail scratch on my back tat Eyes closed when you scream out And you keep me in with those hips While my teeth sink in those lips While your body's giving me life And you suffocating my kiss Then you said I want you for That's not what I thought I was going to say Me That's <laughs> not what I thought I was going to say I was like, are you sure this is clean edit? But Can I get, can I get, can I get the non-clean edit? Where I bet she does something else White rapper loves scars, dude. White rapper is always rapping you, about the scars. Dude, always. You, dude. you don't understand the trials and tribulations <laughs> of a white rapper. You don't get it. Don't you dare downplay MGK's struggle. The tough road to hoe it is as a white rapper. Nobody ever understands him. Nobody ever gets it. He's got these scars on his heart, but he's willing to show her. So I guess that's worth something. Yeah, that's nice. Open it up there. Show her the insides. Not together. Scars on my body. I can look at you and never Am I out of my head? Am I out of my mind? If you only do the bad things I like, don't is this chick somebody or is this just generic studio know. musician? I don't know. Let me see. I have the uh, the email that for when I downloaded it. She sounds generic. I mean, yeah. Go sing it. I'm surprised my computer doesn't work right now. <laughs> oh, that's nice. That's new. What can't what can he explain really? Is it is it was what is what was it his meteoric rise to fame? Yeah. Is that what you can't explain? Because the rest of us are uh, are struggling to figure that out too. A little befuddled as well. Is it Camila Cabello? It's, I have no, I have idea. no idea who that is. <laughs> I, I have no, no idea, idea that. who that is. Oh, 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 translation: the chick MGK's banging. <laughs> You know who he was banging forever? Who? Rachel Starr. Yeah, the he was Star. Yeah, yeah, like that was his that was his chick for like years, I think. Yeah, like oh yeah. A, a good two, three year run there. She was I remember there was this big story about he got you know, arrested because she was uh, filleting him on stage in like Dallas or something like that. Yeah, there, she's from Dallas and he originally from Texas too. 
And, uh, I mean, but he's lived in Cleveland so long. It's, it's obviously where, but uh, originally I hear he is from Texas. But, yeah, he's uh, he, he was dating her for a long time. So much so that there's a girl that runs around the Cleveland scene that looks a lot like her. And I mean a lot like her. And there have been rumors that he was, like, trying to chase his ex by banging that chick out. Like, hey, we've all done that. Oh, yeah, yeah. We've all done that. And I love the way that your breath knows me like Novocaine and we are always high. Keep it strange. Okay, yeah, I'm insane. But you're the same. Let me paint the picture. Oh, couch by the kitchen. Hey, nothing but your heels on. Losing all religion. You're my pretty little fiction. And I'm that voice inside your head that keeps telling you to listen to all the bad things I say and you said I want you forever. Oh my dear God! Yeah, I mean, dude, can we get to EST? Can we <laughs> yeah. get to lacing up? Yeah. Now, do you, do you see why he sticks to it every song? Do you see why he sticks to it? Because when he varies from it, it sucks. Yeah, it's like the Godsmack ballad where you're just like, "Why are we Enough. doing this? Back off of me! Just keep away from me! Stay away from me!" Just I'm stay not in that the lane. one that's so far away. Yeah, dude, just be angry and be mad. Don't make ballads. Jesus. Yeah, I mean, she's a snore. Like, there's nothing going on with this. Voice isn't great. And we've heard it four times now. Right. Is there pain? Is there struggle? Is there tears? Are we going to find your story in the tears? No one ever believed in him. Oh, it was him against the world. Let me guess. He takes his shirt off and got a bandana hanging from the pocket, right? Gotta have that. How will I know your hood if you're not wearing skinny jeans with, with a bandana hanging out of the pocket? How will I know your hood? Oh, I'm sorry. Is that inappropriate to call things hood? I don't remember now. I can't remember. Can't remember where the PC Express landed on that one. Scars on his body and scars on his heart. Well, dude, stop going to the <laughs> tattoo parlor every 19 minutes, and you will, won't have scars on your body anymore. It's not that complicated at all. You're banging a rapper. He's banging a stripper. You two were never going to work out together. Two of the most unstable people on the face of the planet, rappers and strippers. You mean to tell me porn stars and God. rappers that team up together aren't going to make it? What are you going to tell me next? Drug dealers are unreliable? <laughs> I mean, is that what we're going to say? Dude, yeah. Which, by the Jeez. way, drug dealers, 430 means 430. I Dude, don't make me look out of my window in my house waiting on you. If you tell me 430, you be there at 430. Gosh. All right, give me the vote on the MGK. Uh, it's Listen, I really like MGK. GK, I always cheer for the guy. I want him to do well, especially when you consider like, hey, dude, Cleveland is on the map right now, man. Dude, you got Stipe, you got the Cavaliers, Indians going to the World Series, you know, it, all these great things. And then MGK comes out with a turd like that. Come on, bro. MGK is a really weird story. Two years ago, the best thing out of Cleveland. Now the Cavs are good. The Indians are good. MGK back to being the worst <laughs> thing out of Cleveland. <laughs> all right. Yeah, that song was bad. That song was a turd. It's a turd. All right, take this break here. Come right back. Get you new Garth Brooks next on the Sandsbury Show. Turd Tuesday. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9 online, WRQK.com. In the middle of new Turd Tuesday, before the break, we played you the new Machine Gun Kelly bad things. Wow. Appropriately named as that was a bad thing. That song was not very good. Both voted that one a turd. We're about ready to play you this new Garth Brooks track. Baby Let's Lay Down and Dance, which 
very different from the rap song, no, uh, a similar title there, Baby Let's F. And, uh, ah. <laughs> like, you know I what I mean? I didn't think of that, well, but yeah. I mean, that's pretty much what he's saying, right? And, and, and again, I know you're going to get all high up on this, and you're right about it a little bit, where it's like, you know, country music people like to stand on their morals, and it's family music, and it's good stuff, and it's, it's all positive. But, dude, Baby Let's Lay Down and Dance is him saying... Get in this bed because we're about to bang it out. I don't know how that's any different than a Lil John track. I don't know how no. that's any different than a Future or a Drake track. I don't get it. Um, I think you've brought up in the past that, like, well, maybe he's going to take her over to her mom's house like, or his mom's or, house. I, they, I, I will say that the country artists, yes, they make it sound like they want to have sex with them more than once, where rap songs kind of make it sound like, you know, you're disposable, just give it to me and get the hell out. There is a little bit of truth in that. But, uh, but yes, I, it's somewhere in the middle is where the real truth lies, which is this stuff isn't as pure as you want to make it out to be. Yeah, and musical artists just want to bang chicks out. Like, I don't know if that's a revelation to anybody, but, you know, pop stars, country stars, rap stars, rock stars, they just want to have sex with, with loose women. Like, yeah, that's, 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 that's pretty, uh, what do I want to say, pretty evident. Okay, uh, I should maybe lay this out for you as information. So do almost radio stars. <laughs> Here's new Garth Brooks, Baby, Let's Lay Down and Dance. You surprised Garth's making this big comeback? Uh, once I saw him hit the road last year and do about 10, 15 shows or whatever it was, I mean, he sold out the queue twice. I was right. like, hey, eh, got to figure an album coming around the corner. I would imagine, before we get through this, that I'm going to say this about Garth, what I say about a lot of legendary artists, which is, Bro, you got the music. Yeah. Just tour. And now, if you feel as an artist that you're like, oh, I really want to express myself and like do something, do it. Make your crappy Lulu album, Metallica. But when it comes to like, hey, this is what I'm doing, just go out there and tour the hits. You know what I mean? Like, there's no yes. reason to subject the rest of us into this, into this, like, hey, I'm, I'm taking things in a new direction. But I don't know. If Garth's just making, you know, standard country hits, then maybe it'll be worth it for yeah, let's Yeah, let's find out. Baby, let's lay down and dance. Remember how big of a star he was? Dude, massive. I saw him when he did his residency in Vegas, and it was unreal. I mean, I just... is is He's bi- so good. As big as you could be in that in that, in that in the 90s there of like when he was in, in, in his prime, when he was... Essentially, we've talked about this before, where if Seinfeld is, is the king of the 90s and Bill's the president, yeah. then, then somewhere in that equation is Garth Brooks, dude. Well, okay. He's the cowboy of the 90s. Let me ask you. Bigger star for their time, Garth Brooks, Luke Bryan. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Garth just because, once again, we were talking about actual fame there where it's not like, hey, you've got four albums and it everybody real likes famous. you. Yeah, yeah, he, he's, he's got a he's leg up there. I would also argue that in today's day and age, you could make an argument for Jason Aldean being just as big of a star as Luke Bryan. Nobody was going, well, here's the guy that's just as big as Garth when Garth was Garth. And I might be wrong on this, but I feel like when you consider how popular country music as a whole is, uh, Luke Bryan and Jason Aldean are playing with a better bench to make you know, 99.7, a more listenable station where Garth Brooks was carrying the genre on his back through the 90s. Yes. By opening the door and making it all bro country while everybody now who's 40 wants to look back on it and say that that wasn't what it was. Here's new Garth. Baby, let's lay down and dance. I get this feeling that I can't explain. Still sounds the same. Every time I see your face or hear your name. I just go crazy Thinking maybe this may be my chance What is that? That sounds like something. Oh, something of his or something no, in general? No, something else. I got to tell 
What is that? What song is that he just openly rip off? What is that? I was thinking, um, what was that song? We're going to be free or we yeah. shall be free. Yeah. That's, so that's what it kind of sounded like to me. Yeah, but. that might be it. That might be what I'm thinking of. I got to tell you, girl, you drive me wild. Every time I see you dance, I see that smile. My world gets crazy. Now, not a great singer, but I felt like he was always a good singer. Like, he actually was able to sing his songs. Oh, yeah. Very few flaws in his game. The wardrobe. The wardrobe was a little <laughs> tough. I mean, dude, the, you go back and look at Garth Brooks' 90s outfits. They were rough. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, people always pretend like in the 90s there was an atrocious fashion, but there was. Oh, my God. I say it all the time. Seinfeld's funnier now because the jokes hold up and the clothes are so bad to laugh at. <laughs> I always say that. I'm like, dude, I like Seinfeld much better now than I ever did back when it was hot. You're my brand new second chance. Friends all tell me that I'm not your kind. They say I better pray your love is blind. You got to say I mean, dude, you've been married to Trisha Yearwood for 30 years. Her friends are still telling you you don't belong together. Okay. What's happening now? Yeah, a little breakdown right why, there. Why is Bruno Mars invading Arth Brooks? Why is that happening? Oh, God, that's bad. Is that the end of it? Oh, damn it. Damn it. A bridge right there. Jeez. I got to tell you, girl, you dropped me wild. I've never known no one with quite your style. I'm going crazy. Well, I'm going to go see him when he tours, and now I know when to go get a beer. Because it's not when the thunder rolls. I've never known no one with quite your style. I'm going crazy. You know what I hate is how all these new country guys, all they ever do is talk about chicks and trucks and stuff, man. I just wish a country would go back to being country. I hate when rappers do it, singing about chicks and cars and stuff, dude. It's the worst. It's all it's ever been about. Dogs under the porch, trucks, and, and, and chicks. That's what country music's always been about. Girl, I know it's crazy. Stay down and dance. Okay. Fanto, give me the vote there, buddy. Eh, it's mm. half a turn. I, uh, I had really low expectations on this one. I don't think that's going to be a particularly like, hit record or anything like that, but I had really low expectations. I was like, dude, 2016, Garth Brooks, it's going to sound awful. And you're right. That's not like a strong song that's going to be, you know, oh, dude, hey, that song's on. Let's party. But it wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. You're going to hear radio stations play it because it's Garth Brooks. Right. If, if, if that would have been Billy Currington, they would have been like, nope, give me the next one. They, they would have said, nope, that's not hitting the airwaves. So I, I am going to judge him a little harshly just because, again, we talked about the legend that he was. And when you are as big as that and when you've had hits as big as that, 
I'm still going to judge you harsh, even though it's 2016, because you, I, I, what I want out of you, Garth, is to have the discerning ear to not record this song. Yeah, it's a point taken. Um, was there any way that he could live up to those songs, though? You know what I mean? Tough to do. Yeah. I'll, I'll make room for that. It, it, it's going to be tough to live up to the Thunder Rolls and the dance and all those songs, for sure. His greatest hits album, by the way, is just so good. It's so good. Filled with songs about chicks and trucks and all that stuff that you hate about Luke Bryan. It's all filled with that stuff. For some reason, you love Garth Brooks. But his, uh, his greatest hits album is great. So he's living up to that. Could he do it? Mm, probably not. But I want him to have a little bit more discerning ear than that. I got to vote turd on that. It's a turd. Yeah, I don't think it's very good. I just, I just don't think it's very good. We have new 6 a.m. Nikki Six, our night hey. guy here at Rock 106.9. This song is called We Will Not Go Quietly, and you'll hear it next on Rock 106.9. Turd or not. New Turd Tuesday. Welcome back to the Sainsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Online, WRQK.com, nearing the end of New Tour Tuesday. We already took a listen to the new Machine Gun Kelly. We both voted turd on that song. Bad Things was the name of it. And then we played you the new Garth Brooks, Baby Let's Lay Down and Dance. Fantone voted half a turd. I voted full-blown turd on that one. I just feel like Garth is capable of better. Yeah, that was an expectations game thing. Yeah. I And your point is valid that, you know, it's 2016. We're a little, uh, we're a little past the point of when... He's really been relevant as a new music maker. I'm sorry, what? Which is a fair transition as we talk about Nikki Six next. <laughs> that's that's yeah, that's a little funny. It's because you're right about that. Is Nikki Six's new group Six AM? Is I believe on their third record now. I mean, he's yeah. had some success with them, right? I mean, uh, oh, Life yeah. Is Beautiful was uh, was was a was a decent song. Lies of the Beautiful People. That was a big one. Was it was a pretty big song. Um, you would think that the station that has the guy on at night would maybe play those songs that were hits. Yeah, I mean, Life is Beautiful, uh, Lies, Lies of the Beautiful. And People in... That's uh, probably about it. Like, We're not asking for, like, dude, no, you got to play the whole catalog. All of 6 a.m., it's great, no. but play the hits. I would play the hits, though. That's yeah, just me. New 6 a.m., We Will Not Go Quietly. Coming out of the gates aggressive. Yeah. Nikki's a great songwriter, and what I think separates him from a lot of people who were famous in the 80s or then the early 90s and who tried to get a resurgence back is Nikki never stopped writing, ever. Nikki wrote, like, a lot, like, again, another band that we constantly go out on the limb and say, you know, dude, why doesn't this station play saliva? Like, why don't we play saliva here? That makes no sense to me. It really doesn't. Nikki Six wrote a lot of saliva tracks. He wrote for bands like that. Stansbury, you're so far out on that land playing saliva. Look out now. Dude, click, click, boom. Stansbury's going rogue. No. Dude, look out for that song. I'm telling you, those, dude, those boys' saliva. I'm telling you, out of Memphis. I'm telling, I'm telling you, they, do they have it in them? Might be all right. I think they're gonna have. Fr- f- I think they four hits. I believe they'll have. <laughs> I, I'm, uh, dude. I, dude. I got my dude. I got my saliva crystal ball out. It's the. It's gonna be four hits. You're gonna hear click, click, boom. Yeah. You know, a little bit of always. Always you know not so I mean? bad. Yeah. There you go. New six a.m. We will not go quietly. Okay, I'm just gonna stop right here. And is anybody else listening to like the beginning of that and wondering if Jacoby Shaddix from Papa Roach is tied up in a basement somewhere and nobody knows where he is? Shh, we're Papa Roach. You're not. Uh, 
yeah, that is Papa Roach right that's, there. That's Papa Roach right down the middle. To be fair, he did just tell us to pull the plug. Now, exhausted content, no question about it. Yeah, but that's rock music. That was a decent chorus. Yeah, it's not a bad chorus. Decent chorus there. Dude, rock music, they only got the one avenue there. Your stepdad doesn't get you. Everybody stay away from me. You don't understand my plight. Get back. Stay away. Stay away. away. Keep away. (laughs) Man, I'm just just glad it's not ultra-repetitive the way other musical formats are. Good point. I'm telling you, if you pull the mask off this dude, it's going to be, and I would have got away with it, too, if it wasn't for you damn meddling kids. It's just, dude, that's just a Papa Roach ripoff track. I've never, dude, honestly, somebody paid Jacoby. I don't know where Jacoby is, probably outside of a Walgreens with a cup in his hand, but somebody make sure you throw some change in that goddamn thing. Welcome to Sports Center Top 10 Countdown Music. College football playoffs. Which is you can ca- hear it. It's That's of, how you make money these days. It's all you have to do. Right. I mean, write an anthem song. and It's and how you make money. You're going to be in a commercial. Right. And the, the, the ALCS tonight at 8 o'clock. Yep. And Indian's not going quietly. Making noise. Oh, no. No, we're going to break it down. Dude, I swear to God, if you're wearing a 6 a.m. t-shirt, you deserve a swirly. What do I always say, though? It's perfect rock on the range music, though. You get 15,000 unwashed morons in a field, put this up on stage, and they love it. Just sucking down Polar Pops. Those Maverick menthols falling out of your back pocket. Skulls on the back pocket of the jeans. Saving all year to make sure you can get your Rock on the Range tickets. You didn't win them on the Stansberry show. No, this chain is cool because it's clasped with handcuffs, moron. Who cares if my kids don't have health insurance? Dude, I gotta smoke cigarettes at this bitch. Dude, if you're listening to a band and the singer looks like he's Chris Angel, it's time to take that CD out. Mind freak! It, it, it's time to yank that one out.
Stay away from them. Jeez. Nobody talks to them. No, the you epic don't... battles that, that rock singers have to go through uh, in their it, lives, it, it, dude. It's tough. It's never just it's like, tough. hey, here's a song about what's happening. No, it's always these 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 these, these trials and tribulations, and, and, and everyone's trying to hold them back. It's just, God, dude, what is going on in your life? I mean, life? how angry could dishwashers at restaurants be? I mean, like, dude, you Very know what angry, I mean? Like, dude. dude, like, that's, but that's what it is. It's like, dude, you don't understand how hard my day job Working is. Working side, man. It's I. All right, Fanto, give me the vote on the new uh, 6 a.m. I'm going to go with... It's a turn. Wow, a little yeah, harsh. Yeah, a little harsh there. I mean, not the worst chorus in the world, but at the same time, not the not the best song in the world. I uh, I know Nikki Six is going to be here later this evening, right behind the board where I sit, so he's probably going to be pissed off as he drives in. But you know what, Nikki? It's, it's, it's not a very good song there. Sorry, bro. Joe writes in and says, Dear God, you summed up Rock on the Range perfectly. Yeah, I know I did, Joe. I've been. Yeah, like, I, did. Did. I mean, all you got to do is go. Same every year. It doesn't Same never change. Every single year. But, uh, but, dude, again, a great, uh, that is a great, like, uh, you know, compilation show if you're into those. You know what I mean? All day festival yeah. shows. If you're into those, yeah. Rock on the Range is great. I, you know what I mean? I just pick on it because it's the one here locally. I'm going to have to vote this a little bit nicer than you did. I'm going to say half a turn for Nikki Six. Because eh, I think the chorus is enough to kind of get you there. And I think if you have a program director that's got a few more pubic hairs than mine does, you'll probably hear that song get added. Uh, a cool radio station for sure is going to have wow. that playing. I would have said that. Well, dude, you're talking about the boss's pubic hair. I think cool is a little bit on the, on, on this side of it. Jeez. Okay. All right. All right. So I've been saying this all morning, and I have said that we almost have a local submission for New Tour Tuesday. We almost have one. And again, if you're in a band, you're a DJ, or if you're a rapper, whatever, send in your stuff, stansburywrqk.com, uh, title the email, New Tour Tuesday, and include the song and a short little bio. Make sure it's edited. And I'll get it on the radio for you and I'll play it for you. Mm-hmm. Now, I had a band reach out to me, a bassist from a band, reach out to me. He says, check out my band, The Scenic Route. You can find us on Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. I'd recommend our songs and you list them here. We're a Canton band that's been playing out for almost five years now, and I'm an avid listener to the show. It'd be amazing and an honor to be featured on your show. But if not, I'd still love it if you checked us out. Thank you. Okay, dude. I appreciate you listening to the program. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you yeah. very much. But dude, I why do why why would you think I'm going to go do the legwork for you? No, listen. If you email me, maybe if you ask nice, I'll do some legwork for you. I'm telling you right now, Stan's pretty ain't doing it for you. No, I'm I'm giving you the exposure that you want. That's my part. That's my part. That should be the end of what my responsibility of making you a Canton rock star should be. Much like you say, you have to edit this. I'm not going to do that right. for you. You can't just say, hey, go find my if song you're somewhere. Not, right. If, if you're not going to put the effort in, I take it as dude. You're too lazy, and I, you don't deserve the exposure. Now, Van, uh, the guy's name is Van Loveless. Oof, that had to be a tough name to grow up with there. Well, maybe it's a stage name. Maybe it's a, you know, hey, I'm a bass player for a uh, big band now. I'm uh, dude, my name. if you're still playing bars in Canton, you have a stage name. I, I've seen the scenic route multiple times. Really? Uh, yeah. I, uh, Are they good? Uh, they're pretty good. They actually, okay. I think it was two years ago, um, the Battle of the Bands that I judged, they won it. So oh. uh, they're they're pretty good. Uh, they've got a chick singer, and she's good. Uh, the band had like a good sound to them. But dude, send your, send your songs over. Don't just tell us to go find your stuff. Send, yeah. send your stuff. Go to Spotify Bro. or SoundCloud or all these other companies that aren't owned by the company <laughs> that you work for and get our stuff and then put it out over the radio. Yeah, we're not doing the leg. But work. you got to think that one through. And we're not doing the leg. Work. Yeah, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm doing that. Dude, I barely read the national stories we're talking about. You think I'm going to check out SoundCloud for you? Van Loveless. Oof, dude, I'm sorry, man. 
That was uh, dude, that high school had that high school four years had to be tough. Let's hope Fanto is right, and that is uh, that's a stage name there. The information. Switching gears here, the information for Freddie the Frogs calling hours, which is this evening from four to eight, St. George's uh, Orthodox Church, can be found at wrqk.com. And aside from that, we are done for the day. Now, before we head out of here, I said this all day yesterday. I'm going to say it one time to end the program today. Tomorrow at nine o'clock is something not to be missed. For those of you that have listened to to to, to me, and particularly over like the last decade or so. You are going to want to be near a radio tomorrow at 9 a.m. And this already broke a little bit on Facebook and stuff the other day and Twitter. And in 2016, there are no secrets anymore. So I'm just going to come out and tell you right now. Maxwell joins the Stansbury Show tomorrow, 9 o'clock on Rock 106.9. Guys, have a great day.